Oh yeah! This is Wadzilla, and you are at the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, the fan-paid episodes, the end of the road, uh, the big shebang, this is about it. Uh, if I ever get done with these fan episodes, I don't know when they will end, but I am going to honor them all. And uh, I am joined this week. You, you know this guy from his previous podcast. You know him from multiple episodes of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. This week I have somebody that is so special to me. I christened this motherfucker. I gave him his name. You know this motherfucker from across the pond. Mr. T from Germany is with us today. Yay, Mr. T! Yeah, you hear that, Mr. T? And remember, Maury's wigs were tested against hurricane winds. That's right. How you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm fine. And you? How how you hanging up in the hurricane land? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, we might have another, some more tropical storms and shit coming next week, but that's next week's problem. This week, I'm not on call. I'm getting drunk, uh, having a good time, and, and happy to be doing uh, more of these fan episodes to uh, put this podcast in the grave. <laughs> But we're going to have a great time today. And one thing I want to talk about, I know I did an appearance on Decibel Geek uh, podcast, and some people know, but, you know, it's amazing. I still get messages from people that don't realize that Rock and Metal Comet podcast is still around. Like, oh, oh, uh, we haven't done a uh, Kiss episode soon enough for you, even though our last one was. But there's some people who still don't know that Ralph left the show, and... I'm just carrying on uh, doing fan episodes for people who paid for donations for Rocket Pods uh, 1, 2, and 3. I think we took care of everybody with 1, but 2 and 3, I still have fan episodes to do, and I'm going to honor those because you guys paid hard-earned money. But after the demise of the show in February of this doomed year, 2020, uh, I started a show with Josh Toomey called Diablos and Podcastica. And unfortunately, that has come to an end as well, uh, but a completely different circumstance. Josh and I are still very good friends, um, but I, I, I think he just wasn't getting out of it what we thought it was going to be, and I understood it. Uh, but I want to thank Josh, because I stand by all those episodes. I thought they were amazing. I thought we had really good chemistry, but it was something we jumped into really fast you know the ink wasn't even dry on my divorce uh when josh called me up and said hey we, we got to do something because we were good friends but uh you know he didn't listen to rock and metal combat and and i really didn't listen to his show other than when i was on <laughs> and and so even though we had good chemistry uh we do have different tastes in music and i think josh put it best he says you know our tastes are are close but not close enough and you know I, I know there was some resistance from fans of this show because uh, it was a little bit different format you know, of course a different a different host and, and and Josh had different taste and you know some fans weren't receptive to that but there was also a lot of people who did love the show uh, the people who didn't were quite vocal about it but you know I've got a lot more people saying how much they loved it than said they didn't love it but bottom line is uh, Josh felt it just wasn't working out and I, I totally understand it and I get it because that man 
did all the fucking work. I mean, he came up with the logo, did all the editing, did all this shit. You know, uh, you know, got us a couple of interviews that were really great that got us on Blabbermouth and shit like that. That was all Josh. And we still, I would like to do uh, a farewell episode. And I know a lot of fans were anxiously waiting for me to talk to Blue Oyster Colt. And that still might happen. Uh, I just talked to Josh the other day and he said, hey, I'm still working on the Blue Oyster Colt. And I think that would, what, what a great way for like a final episode. That would be amazing. And, uh, you know, again, the good news is we're still friends, but he just decided to go on. He, he now has a new, uh, aside from his Talk To Me podcast, which he's been doing for years and is an amazing podcast. You see that shit every day on fucking Blabbermouth, whoever he's talking to. Uh, you know, it's a big deal. And now he's got a Pantera podcast. Just saw that on Blabbermouth. He talked to Terry Gaze, the original Glaze, the original singer from Pantera. So, uh, you know, I- I'm happy for him. I wish him nothing but the best. And I know I'll be back on his shows in the future. And if if I do anything else, you know, of course he would be part of that. But I want to thank Josh for everything he did. And I'm very proud of that show. And... Another thing I want to address is, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people go, oh, okay, okay, this is done. You know, oh, get get Rock and Metal Podcast together, you know, get the band back together and all that shit. And uh, that shit just ain't happening, you know. Uh, Ralph, uh, for his reasons, decided to leave the show. And uh, that's it, man. And And that show was about our friendship. And we don't have that anymore. I have not talked to Ralph uh, since February. And I'm okay with that. And I'm sure he's okay with that. And I I know a lot of you miss and love the show. But don't know what to tell you, man. Shit happens. And you still got all the old episodes you can check out. You know, I'm leaving them up because, I mean, I believe in what we created. You know, to me, that's still the greatest podcast I've ever fucking heard. And, you know, I want... You know, more people to discover and shit. It's great for what it is. It just came to an end. You know, fuck. The Beatles broke up. You know, shit, shit happens. But I see a lot of people posting shit and hoping shit. And I'm just being real with you. You know, I don't want to tease shit and tell you this is gonna happen, that's gonna happen, because it just get, ain't ain't gonna happen. You know, sometimes parents break up. Sometimes you know, daddy drinks too much. Sometimes mom's a bitch. You know, but if you want more than these fan paid episodes, uh, I feel for you, son, because Wadzilla got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. Hit me! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is a, I guess, you know, it's a bummer, but I will say one thing. That's, I guess, a credit to like the fans that your show has because months and months after you've announced that rock and metal is done, we're doing the fan episodes and there's going to be no getting the band back together. You still have folks saying, please get the band back together. Now, when I had announced that Ironcast was finishing, I think our fandom, like all 15 of them maybe, or whatever, how many we had, how few we had, I think the reaction is really kind of a collective shrug. Um, and it was like, you know, a couple of, oh man, it sucks that you're going away. But then we didn't get the, um, oh, please come back. Oh, we got to hear you guys again. It's so, like, so that's a credit to your show. It's, you still have fans that still want to hear new stuff, even though it's, unfortunately obvious that it's just not going to happen 
Oh yeah, no, and, and that is great. I mean, and and I love the show, and I, I love the listeners, you know, and and you know, no matter what Ralph and I think of each other now, uh, I'll take nothing away from that man's talent. You know, I mean, I mean, what he, what we created together uh, is is amazing, and I never could have done it without him. And you know what, he couldn't have done it without me because it was the the two of us together. But the thing is, Ralph still does his stuff, so people can still enjoy. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Ralph's YouTube pages, his podcast, whatever he does. You know, he's not going anywhere. I'm not sure what I want to do at this point. Uh, I am going to honor all of these fan episodes. You know, I always, you know, people, how many you got left? And I'm like 10, and then I look, and then it's 15, and then and then, and then it's more. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I will do this until these are all done. Now, once, once that's all done... Rock and Metal Combat Podcast and get put to sleep. I would never do anything else. Call it Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Uh, out of respect for what Ralph and I created. Uh, rock, rock and Metal Combat Mark II, which would be like the jazz yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. Open up for a puppet show. Now, uh, I, I just have no interest in that. Uh, but basically what I'm going to do is, is, you know, do the fan episodes, make sure everybody gets their money's worth. And... Uh, then evaluate what I want to do. Because here, here's the thing. It takes a lot to do these shows and to do it to the standard yeah. that, you know, Rock and Metal Combat podcast set. And, you know, some people might laugh at that because, you know, they, they think, you know, we're all just, you know, gross out humor and shit like that. But I'm saying from the production standpoint, you know, it's all the shit Ralph did was amazing. Ralph did all that shit. I just got up here and told fucking jokes. But that kind of stuff takes a lot of time uh, and, and shit and you got to have a passion for it. And I, I don't like it. I do not like that end of doing podcasts. I just like doing my shit. And I realize that's a lot to ask of another co-host, you know, mm-hmm. to take on all of that shit. It's very time-consuming. And, and then another thing is, you know, finding the chemistry like I had with Ralph. You know, and I'm not going to do a podcast just to say, oh, I got a podcast, you know. I, I did, I did yeah. the greatest podcast. So if if I if I choose to ride off into the sunset or you know maybe do guest appearances here and there on you know friends of mine who have shows like I just did on Decibel Geek and and I, I'm friends with so many other podcasters uh, you, you know the half that don't hate me uh, so I, I might do stuff like that but you know I I don't know I really have to just you know do what I feel in my heart is the right thing to do which is to finish all these paid episodes. And then and then see what's up, but I really don't know. But mm-hmm. I, I do know it won't be Rock and Metal Combat podcast. And and, and you know here, here's another thing you know you got to think of. It's like you know I, I really want to keep these episodes up so people can still find them means out. Means you means you're paying the Podbean. Yeah, it, you know that's fucking brutal, man. They took all my shit down after I stopped paying them. Oh yeah, yeah. They they will take it down and. You know, just like some behind-the-scenes shit. Like, say I was to do another show, but I want to get a whole new account. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So now I'm paying for two shows a month, and uh, you know, fuck that. I don't make no money off this shit. You know, right now as it is, I pay ten dollars a month, so the old episodes stay up. I don't mind doing that. Yeah. That I'll do. I, I I love that shit so much. That's a drop in the bucket. I've been paying ten bucks a month since fucking 2014. I don't care. But if I was to start another show, it's not like I could just like change the name of the show and have both shows in the same feed and everything. I'd have to change it out and then reapply to iTunes and all that shit. Man, yeah. that is 
not the kind of shit I like to do. Just give me a mic and let me talk about some fucking music. That's what I do. I'm sorry. I know it's lazy, but I'm being honest with you, people. That's what I like to do. I got a fucking day job. I got a life, too. You know? Uh, well, kind of. But, yeah. <laughs> you know... Yeah. It, corona fucked us all, man. It just <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, Corona was a big thing, uh, you know, with the end of Decimal Geek. Because here, you know... I mean... Sorry, Decimal Geek. Diablos and Podcastica. Because uh, Josh had small children who aren't in school... Uh, it made it hard for you know, and when he has his sons and stuff, it made it hard for us to record on the weekends, which I really need because I like to drink and partake and whatever uh, when I record. It's just my thing, my shtick, if you will. Uh, so I don't like recording on weeknights because I do have a job. I get up at 5.30 every fucking morning. You know, during the week, I, I'm up at 5.30, I'm out the house at 6, and I don't get home till 5.30, you know? So and I and, you know and I have a job where I can't come in fucked up all the time. Uh, so out of the week, thankfully you know, I do. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, I've, everybody's everybody's situation is different. Like you know, you know, uh, Ralph. I, I don't know what he's doing now, but he was retired by the time you know we ended. Uh, you know, had a little bit more time. A little bit. Well, plus he didn't drink anyway. But had a little bit more flexibility. You know, so for me to do what I want to do, it has to be on the weekends. And then you got to find somebody else who's available on the weekends. And, you know, that's, you know, I don't think people understand sometimes what all goes into this shit, you know. And it does. It takes a lot of time out of your life. And you have to have the passion. And you have to have the time. But uh, And, yeah, it's really time. I, I like, you know, I mentioned, you know, we've discussed, like, after Ironcast ended, you know, I talked with you and with Chris Sinzak about maybe doing something on my own. Because, like, some folks, one of the regular things that I had on the Ironcast group was, this was T. Love, this was at Horseshit. And I would just find these, like, really questionable, mostly bad songs. Actually, they were all bad songs. Question, but did I happen to love it or not? And if I could actually do that as, like, I guess a mini podcast type thing. And I looked into the Podbean thing, like, you were just talking about. I was like, yeah, I don't want to get a second one of these. And, um, and it's, like, just the editing and... You know, Luke did all the editing for Ironcast, and he did. A, I thought he did a phenomenal job, and especially trying to make, say, Greg and me sound good, mostly me. Um, so I can understand when Luke was just kind of like, I don't know if I want to do these anymore. So I get it, because I'm like, I don't know if I want to even like edit like a five to ten minute fucking podcast once a week. Oh, yeah. And, so. and I, I, I've been lucky enough on these fan episodes, I've had a lot of you know listeners and fellow podcasters who have offered to to edit these episodes and add the music and the little things that make them better. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, that, that that's... And, and I appreciate it so much. And that's great for here and there. But you know what I mean? If you're doing a regular show on the week, you know, how the fuck in good conscience do I ask somebody who is not on the show, like, here, fix yeah. my shit. Fix my yeah. shit for free. Every, so, every week. You know, that, that that's how you end a friendship, you know? Yeah. So I guess this episode's gonna be pretty bare fucking bones because neither of us gonna want to edit this thing. So oh no, I this is the raw version. I got a great friend that's gonna edit this shit. No oh. man, I, I ain't sending this out because I, I I know you. In about an hour, I'm gonna have to edit fucking half the shit you say if you're drinking. I hope you are. Yeah, I got a little in me right now. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't. This is This isn't. What's his oh. name? Woo. Uh, Greg <laughs> and Twan. Oh uh, dear. <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> so, I know I'm not at like say the levels of um, on through the night drunk or 
if anyone was a regular listener to Ironcast, then let's be honest, looking at the numbers that we got from the numbers in Rock and Roll Combat, got you, you weren't a regular listener of Ironcast. Um, the episode that we did with Chris Sinzak for Bon Jovi's Keep the Faith, I was even worse than I was for On Through the Night. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I, I vomited after that episode. Awesome. So, yeah. That's so a good I'm not. I'm, it is, I know. We had Greg vomit on one of our episodes. Um, yeah, but so. it wasn't booze. <laughs> I think it might have been actually some really shitty wine. I, I can't remember. So, but no, I've, I'm a little lubed, but I'm not sloshed. How's that sound? Oh, well, in my case, uh, I think I'm about six in and, and I got a case in the fridge. I'm going to keep going. I plan on being sloppy. I plan on being sloppy by the end of this one. But she, she said sloppy. <laughs> but you know, there you go. That's kind of the update of what's going on with me. And uh, again, in, in closing, I just want to thank Josh for all the hard work you put in Diablo. So I want to thank all the people who checked it out. Uh, you know, the listeners that love the show. And hopefully, and this, this is something I haven't talked to Josh about. I hope he keeps it up. Uh, you know, the, uh, what I mean by that is the episodes. I'm going to check with him. If he plans on taking it down like a situation where he's not going to pay for it, I'm going to let people know. So if, you know, they decide, hey, I want to download those episodes so I can have them, uh, I will let you guys know through the Facebook page, the Diablos. And it's still called the Diablos and Podcastica page for right now. Uh, and I'll probably keep that up till I know for sure whether or not we're going to do a final episode. Uh, you know, like if we do the Blue Oyster Cult, then after that, I don't know what the fuck I'll call it. I, I've got a couple of ideas. But uh, <laughs> but the Facebook page, uh, that's another thing people have, have asked about. The Facebook page is going nowhere. Nowhere, man. Uh, you know, I put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into making that page what it is. And there's a family on that page. And I would never break that shit up, you know. Uh, you know, I, I heard... Uh, you know, and and I, and I hate to even say anything like this because I don't like uh, taking what you hear secondhand. Okay, but I, I I did hear that Ralph was upset that I just changed the name from the Rock and Metal to Diablos, you know, and left everybody on and didn't make everybody rejoin. But fuck that, fuck that. I you know he left and I put too much time into that fucking page and too much you know doing my updates that I do weekly and everything daily. Uh, you know, and it's a family. I ain't breaking that up. The name may change, but, you know, the people are going to stay the same. And I'm going to keep that community no matter what it's fucking called. You know? Yeah. And, and if folks want to leave, they would have. So. Oh, yeah. And some did. And some yeah. did. I, I probably lost, I would say, probably about 100 people. You know? Probably about 100 people after Ralph left. But you know what? I uh, still got like 2,900-something people there that fucking enjoy the page. So. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised the Ironcast page still exists and that there's actually still folks on it. And sometimes folks will actually post on there. I'm like, I'm, really? It's been dead for like almost three years now or so. You keep talking so. about this Ironcast. I have no <laughs> idea what the fuck you're talking about. No one does. No one listens to it. <laughs> hey, I love that show. I thought it was a lot of fun. Well, thank you. You were on a few times, so yeah. I was. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no. You may not. No. You may not remember. Yeah. No. No. I remember. Uh, I was on for uh, Faith No More King yes. for a day because I couldn't talk about Faith No More. 
on, on rock and metal. That's such a great um, fucking album too. Oh yeah. And what was the other one I was on? Ten worst albums or some shit or um, most disappointing albums, um, biggest assholes in rock. Um, oh boy. We had John for at least four. Um, God damn, I don't, rem- I don't remember them all now. But I know I I know it's it at least four, maybe even five or six. Because right because yeah because those were our best those were our best numbers. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't us talking about fucking Elton John. So <laughs> can, can people still get those episodes? Are they still? Uh... Um, no. Uh, what you no? actually and unfortunately no because like I said, Podbean took all that shit down. However, right. however, and like in one um, one fan, um, uh, was it Connor Stratton had actually asked me if he if I could forward them to him like through Dropbox, and we tried that for a because I still have all of the episodes like all one hundred. Oh, okay. I still okay. have all one hundred one of them, and what I ended up doing instead is you know Dropbox. You know, I just don't have like a paid Dropbox, and so right. we had to do like ten at a time. Like oh fuck this noise. So I was like, give me your address. I went off and bought like a USB stick and just put them all on theirs. Here, enjoy. Um, I gave them like, um, I gave them like all 100, all 101 episodes, our 100 episodes, the one that James Gilman had did for 101st, like the best or worst of Ironcast. And then I also gave them the uh, commercial that Luke had made that was on um, at the end of Rock and Metal. And I loved having that right after um, the wonderfully racist Mars Attacks ad. Um, or, or, um, or actually, I loved having it between like ads that started loud or ended loud because the only time I actually heard the name of our podcast was at the beginning, and it was kind of cal- and it was kind of quiet. Did, did you so, know Hank Hank Azaria no longer does that racist voice on the Mars Attacks podcast? <laughs> well, he's, he's getting he's, he's getting all that, he's getting all that Brockmire money, so he doesn't need it anymore. Oh. <laughs> Are, well, are, you, are, so like, are you Donald ducking it? You just don't have like any pants on. You just have like just a shirt and smile. I, I don't even have the shirt on, dude. Just, just <laughs> I'm I'm naked with headphones on the bed, and, uh, and and that's how I like to record. And that's what sucked about like uh, you know when, 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 with Diablos and podcasting in the last couple episodes. You know, Toomey. It, it's funny. Toomey took the advice of what I told Ralph we should do in the beginning of Rock and Metal. What, keep the I, keep I, the keep the keep the screen on or the keep the camera on. So, well, yeah, well, well I said <laughs> let's put this on YouTube mm. because because when we started, you know, I was like, what's a podcast? I never heard of that shit. That sounds like some nerd shit, you know. I'm like, kids watch YouTube. Let's get on YouTube. That's where I found, you know, his ass. Yeah, you know, and he's like, no, I want to do an honest to god podcast. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, uh, you know, and, and, and hey, we did fairly good. But you see, you know, YouTube videos do much better. You know, there, there, there are there are some people who absolutely refuse to just listen to something. Just like there's some people who like can't listen to talk radio, and there's people who can. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes people need something. You know, they they got to have some visuals. So anyway, in you know the last couple episodes of Diablos, we we streamed live, and it, it was weird for me because I've just spent years naked on my bed with headphones on much like I am right now mm. you know I got, I got a nightstand next to my bed with my laptop and my mic and you know way too many beers and uh, you know I'm, I'm just comfortable you know, in, a big, in a big bucket of Crisco yeah, yeah <laughs> not, I don't even need the Crisco anymore I've been around son uh, but uh, you sweat butter at this point <laughs> yeah um. 
Yeah. No, I, I, I just get out. I, I take the headphones off, and I go take a piss. Now, the one thing I did like about recording live is the way I could do the setup in my living room. I had, uh, like, I Bluetoothed the computer through my uh, my sound bar for my TV so I didn't have to wear headphones and shit. So, uh, you know, sometimes I'd just get up and piss, and I could still hear what's going on. I could still shout something if I needed to. And uh, I love not having to wear headphones. That's great. But, I'm yeah. back in the bedroom. I actually have a studio. A studio. Listen to me. Who the fuck am I kidding? I have a spare bedroom. I'm going to turn it into like some kind of office, you know, with a desk to where if I do do future recordings, I would like to do that. You know, have a yeah. desk, a nice, comfortable chair and record. But uh, that's under construction. Uh, so, yeah, right right now I'm back to old school. I'm in the bedroom with the headphones on, no fucking clothes, shit ton of beer. And uh, just you know, ready to make an ass out of myself. Yeah, saying, saying you have a studio is fine. But if you start saying, like, you know, I'm curating my podcast, and I got a poke in your fucking eye. Yeah. So, so yeah, just studio is fine. Don't curate, though. Yeah, yeah. When, it, when it's too hipster for you, I know I can't do it, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's, and like getting back to, like, you know, you were talking about, you know, like, how you and Josh didn't have the same musical tastes. Like, um... Iron Cast had the same musical tastes. <laughs> None of us did. <laughs> um, oh, so, yeah. but yeah, yeah. So, but no, it's chemistry, and if you know, it is what it is. But well, yeah, it sucks you, you guys are done. Yeah, but, yeah. You, you got to have chemistry, which I thought we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm referring to, to Josh and myself. Um, but I think it kind of got, like I said, you know, there was some negative fan reaction, but again, a lot of positive reaction. Yeah. But you have to think about the long term because yeah. it's kind of. It was really obvious, you know, he didn't have any interest in my my dad metal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm more than willing to talk about his mall metal, but, you know, <laughs> it, it's not like something we're going to high-five on mm-hmm. and agree upon. Most of it will be like, eh, you know? But, but that's but, the best. I mean, I, I like those episodes that we had, well, you know, like I, what you guys I, had, too. I do, too, and I've always enjoyed those episodes, you know, for the most part. When it's an album I don't like, because to me... You know, the challenge is, uh, you know, just don't sit there like, I don't like it, you know? Yeah. Come up with a funny reason why you don't like it, you know? Yeah, that's that's the fun. Try to make a joke that you and, just and, don't and, like. And, and, and some people, uh, you know, just don't have that same view. You know, Ralph yeah. hated doing albums he didn't like, you know, where I was like, well, you know, I'm going to make the most of this shit, you know? I, but, I prefer doing albums I don't like. I mean, of all the of all the reviews I did with you guys, I think honestly my favorite for me just doing it would have been Hysteria. Because I do I like the album? No, it's my least favorite of the ones I've done. Yeah, but I had fun making fun of some of the stupid fucking songs in that on that album. So, but you know, you, you just got to get in the spirit, and and everybody's different, you know, and. Mm-hmm. That's why it is, you know, you have to find chemistry and, and, and find somebody who can bend a little bit. And it's, it's, hey, it's, it's not easy to, to, to do a show and to do it that long and to keep everybody happy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, there's not a lot like, uh, like Decibel Geek, you know, who have been doing it for damn near 10 years now. Yeah. You know, it, and even they had a strain point, you know, that, you know. I you think know, everyone I'm, does. I mean, you just, yeah. everyone who works, they have to. I mean, you know, was it David Lee Roth? He wants to, like, you know, every artist who's together with 10 years has to, like, separate or something. It's like you just can't stay with them with them after, like, 10 years. So, yeah, that's probably about right. It sounds about right. 
But, you know, if, if there's a common bond and, and a friendship, it, it comes back, you know? Yeah. And if not, it, it just breaks. And you do but, a, and, you, and you do a stint in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. All right, enough of this fucking view shit. Let's get to the fucking news, shall we? News. What, what do we got going on right here? Oh, oh no. Motorhead's Phil Campbell is three years sober. And he said, it took me ten years to finally master it. And damn. I, I hate seeing it. You don't want to hear about a sober member of Motorhead. He's like the last dude standing, though, isn't he? Well, I, I mean, Mickey, he's still alive. Well, I mean, the, the whole original lineup's dead. Well, the classic yeah. lineup, I should say, uh, yeah. is all dead. But, uh, damn. Damn. You know, I, I, you know, listen to Motorhead sober is like fishing sober. What? No. Uh, now, granted, I'm just seeing this is a, a, you know, a very fresh story. Mm-hmm. So I, I have no idea if he had health problems or something like that. Uh, I'm not advised, uh, adverse, I should say, to somebody quitting if it's, uh, you know, for medical reasons. You know, that I understand. Okay, if, if, if you're if you don't stop drinking, you're going to die. Yeah. I get I get that. You know, but if you're just trying to make your wife happy, fuck her. Get rid of her and have a fucking drink. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I don't know. Something about a sober motorhead, you know. Uh, I don't know. I, I love Phil Campbell to death, man. You know, he, he's awesome. But uh, I don't know about all that. What, 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 what do you think of, of uh, sober musicians? And sobriety in general. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm like you. Know, like if they have to do it for health reasons, then fine. But then you have those folks like you know, like Keith Moon, for example, who I think wasn't he told like if he, if he kept drinking this one thing, if he drank this, he would die sooner. So he would, but if, they, if he drank something else, it would take longer. So he, he switched the other shit. Um, yeah, that's a man dedicated to his craft. Yes, very much so. But. I don't know. There's so many folks who, I mean, yeah. If they, if they I guess, in the end of the day, it's like I, if they're if they're happy about it, if they're healthy, then that's what matters to me more. The music may suffer for it, but let's be honest. The older you get, usually your music sucks more anyway. Um, I'm sorry. It's just like some of the best albums are by folks in their early twenties. I, I hear you there, but I, I think it, it, it's harder for musicians. I mean, if you're Bob from accounting. And you quit drinking. Who gives a shit? Maybe your numbers yeah. look better, you know. But if, if you're a musician, I mean, I, I can't really think of any musician whose music got better when they stopped abusing anything. I, I really yeah 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 you might be right because um, I'm playing to like this is the lifestyle that musicians have. It's you know, um, like yeah these folks have been out for decades and they still have to fucking tour because they can't make any money any other way. Yeah, so they, just, they still they still make good albums, you know. Yeah, and, and I, I think you know that's what I attribute to a a band like Overkill, mm-hmm. who I, I think still puts out quality thrash metal albums. And I think you know, unfortunately for them, I think the greatest thing that ever happened to Overkill was never making that like you know big four status. It has yeah. always kept them hungry, you know, and 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 and, and the music is better for it, you know, because. You get too fat. What the fuck you got to fucking, you know, rock out and complain about, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're still hungry, if you're still fighting, 
for every scrap you get. It keeps you lean, man. Keeps you in fighting shape. You know? He's got the eye of the tiger, Rock. Yeah. <laughs> He's a He's wrecking a, machine. He'll kill you. He'll eat I'm you alive. I'm inside of three rounds. <laughs> ah, my heart. But, but hey, you know, if Phil, Camby, Phil Campbell's happy, you know, great. But I got, I got a feeling his wife's the one who's happy, and he's probably miserable. He probably wants to come over here and listen to Motorhead with me and get drunk. Yeah, that, that's what I think. Shoot some smack. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. What else we got going? Oh, here, here's another one makes me fucking sick. Tommy Lee's Motley Crue. Or Motley Crue's Tommy Lee. I fucked that all up. I love drinking. Says he's been sober for a year. Says he was drinking two gallons of vodka a day. And, uh, you know, stop listening to your own fucking music. You probably wouldn't have to drink as much and you could just be a functioning alcoholic. I'm I'm actually wondering now what's he gonna blame on his his bad music for now? Exactly, that that was your out, brother. You know that was your out. You know because he said he's been a year sober. Have you heard those two new songs he's put out this year? No, I, I no no. And, well, uh, to be, to be all honest, I think it's more of like a in a production capacity because uh, he's not singing. It's like two songs he's done with two different rappers. Oh, so. You know, I'm thinking he's like just doing some programmed drums and shit. And, but God damn, you know, stop. Tommy Lee, stop. Just stop. Stop making music. Just make porno. Just make porno. Everybody be happy. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, it, why? You've got all the cash that you're ever going to need, unless, you know, like, especially now if you're not drinking a, a couple of gallons of. Smirnoff a day or whatever he was drinking. Probably Grey Goose. Um, he seems douchey enough for Grey Goose. You know what I yeah. drink? I drink McCormick. Mm, Gordon's? That, that shit is cheap. <laughs> I, 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 Kimchatka? I, 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 I get that big, like, you know, the big jug. You know, yeah. I get that big jug for like twelve ninety nine. It and smells like rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You drink it, son. You don't smell it. <laughs> you know, I pour in my fucking diet cranberry, my who you kidding? And, uh, you know, you chug away. And that's tomorrow's Ooh. problem. Oh, um, I bet it tastes great coming up, too. Oh. You know, I can't remember the last time I, I threw up. Okay, I just pass out. Uh, but, uh, yes, yeah, so, sober Tommy Lee. No, because that voids all excuses. And all that man needs is excuses. So have a drink, Tommy. Beat your wife. That's what you're good at. Get beat by your son. Yeah, I've I've heard him beat his wife. It sounds better than his drumming. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Uh, Here's somebody. I'm curious to see what you think about this person. Because I I know you you have an eclectic taste. But you you, do have... It's a nice way to put it, yes. (laughs) Well, you didn't let me finish. It's not so nice when I'm done. Oh, Uh, you (laughs) fucker. You have an eclectic taste, but you also have a hipsterish taste. Uh, Rob Zombie is, uh, I guess, his new long-awaited album is coming out very soon. I think this thing's been in the can for two years. Were you ever a fan of Rob Zombie or, say, White Zombie? Uh, Yes and yes. Oh, okay. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I've not heard anything since Hellbilly Deluxe. 
Okay. So it tells you like I I kind of I mean, although I did enjoy Hellbilly, even though I think like like what it was like the, pretty much all of Prong in that band for that one. Um, uh, like okay. half a prong or something? Or I'm no, sorry, man. no, he just stole prong sound. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought he, I thought he actually had the musicians. <laughs> but, uh, too. I mean, that's how he got rich is you know stealing <laughs> ministry and prong and calling it white yeah. zombie. Yeah, uh, they pretty much. He even he even took like Uncle Al's look. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I, I saw somebody do that in the comments the other day, and and they were like, they were somebody was calling Al Jurgensen. Uh, a, a Rob Zombie ripoff. I'm like, wow. Oh boy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know. Oh, I bet you're gonna be sad when you have to go back to school, huh? You know. Because uh, for those of us who are around, we know damn well whose look he stole. Yeah. Uh, you know, stole a lot. Of, and, and hey, I'm a huge White Zombie. I love White Zombie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Zombie. I I didn't mind Hellbilly Deluxe. I gotta say, his last two. Studio albums, I really enjoy. Okay. Uh, not gonna lie, I really enjoy, and I'm looking forward to this one uh, because, from what I've read, this one has a lot more uh, input, you know, from the band, which mm-hmm. is something I, I, I think was sorely missing from his solo career because I think White Zombie had a much better sound than his yeah. solo stuff because, especially early in his career, it was all Scott Humphrey producing. Uh, was a horrible producer. Uh, he also did, I believe, uh, Generation Swine for Motley mm-hmm. Crue. Uh, yeah. You know, and uh, he's got one of the greatest guitar players alive right now in John Five. And I, I saw a post somebody put on Facebook the other day. They're like, oh, John Five's never been on a good album. He never has a good album. Listen to John Five's solo. Work. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I do agree. John Five needs to be in a band that features his guitar work. And I've said this before. You know, like he's mostly known for like two, uh, you know, and, and, and Marilyn Manson and mm-hmm. Rob Zombie, where every song is like, good junk, good junk, good junk, good junk, good junk, good junk, good junk. I mean, yeah, like shit anybody can play on guitar. But I mean, if you listen to what this man is capable of, you know, this. You know, John Five should be in a Van Halen. You know where you know his guitar playing is is featured because I just got his newest uh, live album and it's just mind blowing and and the genres that this guy can play and stuff. So I'm thinking if if John Five has a little bit more hand in the songwriting, you know, like some of this might come out. You know, it really could be a, a very good album. So I'm I'm very uh, highly anticipating this new album. Hopefully it's better than his last fucking movie. That shit was terrible. Yeah, I've not seen any of his films. Um, I was actually—I I knew that this is going to the, this is really going to the fucking wayback machine. That at one point, like Rob Zombie wanted to direct. Well, he was either set to direct Crow Three or wanted to yeah, or some yeah, shit like yeah, that. Yeah. But then he wanted to like set it in Prague, and they're like, "Oh, go fuck yourself. Um, we're not going to go there to film it. We'll just do it in some back lot in L.A." Um, well, actually, shit, you could probably film it cheaper in Prague than you could in L.A. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it would have been back in, like, what, late 90s, early 2000s, so sure. Well, no, what, um, what I heard on that is, is just he wanted to make it, like, much more like an existential story, like something yeah. you have, have to think about, and Miramax is like, no. No, yeah. how, you know, you know uh, Weinstein's like, what, what, what does your wife think about my hand on her ass, you know? <laughs> or, or, you know... Get your old ass wife away so I get his fifteen year old in here instead. Yeah, um, you know, you know I, I think they wanted to keep it real dumb for the kids. 
you know, and, and he wanted to do more of like a brainier movie, at least in his opinion. Yeah. Uh, so, so that got shut down. Yeah, his movies have varying degrees of success. The boy, this last one, Three from Hell, the the, the latest, you know, the the mm-hmm. third in his House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not good. Not good. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. All right. Well, uh, boy, a lot of turmoil going on with Fear Factory. Yeah, what the fuck's up with this? I saw, like, I guess they're, um, one guy's like, I don't trust these motherfuckers anymore, and... What the hell? <laughs> well, Fear Factory's been having problems for years. And, well, first when, when shit got real bad, uh, the guitar player, Dino, was kicked out. This is in the mm-hmm. 90s. They kick him out, then they go on without him. And, you know, some members change what instrument they play and all this shit. And then they split up again. And then the singer leaves, and then he comes back. And then they get the guitar player back, but the bass player and the drummer leave. And then there's a, a suit over who owns the name. And then it goes on without with the singer and the guitar player. And basically what I've got out of all this is uh, the guitar player, through through some lawsuits, bought the, the rights to the name Fear Factory. Okay. Okay. And it, it's just him and the singer... But, you know, the bass player and the drummer, there was all kinds of lawsuits. They're like, no, you can't call it Fear Factory, or if you do, you have to send us money and shit like all that. And somehow, through all this bullshit, the guitar player got sole rights to the name. And I think Burton Bell is... Burton C. Bell, I'm sorry. uh, He's probably a little bit miffed because, you know, he started this band, but now the other guys got control of the name and it's just drama-rama and now the fucking guitar player started a GoFundMe page to finish <laughs> fixing the album and I think he didn't want to be associated with that and, and what a mess of shit you know I've never been a huge Fear Factory fan I like some songs yeah. uh, you know but, but not others but man fucking drama-rama uh, yeah, I'm kind of the same. Like my favorite song of theirs is a cover. So yeah, there you go. You pretty much know which one that is. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that stuff was just kind of like weird. But a lot of bands do this crap towards them. They they implode. They implode gloriously. Right. Um, but so just a series of, series of fuck yous and lawsuits. But you know, then you start seeing the reality. You know, behind the scenes, who owns the name? You know, yeah. who can do this? You know, who who makes what little money is left out there for recording artists right now? Yeah. Well, it's mean, always been like that. I mean, like with, you know, here was, uh, let's get our, um, oh, my God, kiss quota in for the day. But like, you know, when when Peter left the band, it was like, well, now whoever comes in next to be a drummer is not going to have like any real say. Right. Um, so I guess I don't think Eric Carr had much say. And I'm pretty sure Vinnie Vincent had no fucking say. Right, and then at the same time, you know, Peter's still making money. I think Peter still made money till like '85 or some shit. You know, there's all kinds of legal shit behind that. You know, and I know Ace made money after he left the band. Yeah, it's because you know, he went just trademarks and whatnot, and also yeah. there's like writing credits. You yeah. know, he's still they're still gonna get like whatever royalties they're due because they wrote the songs. So. Yeah, there's all kinds of shit behind the scenes. Money is the root of all evil. 
Yeah. But what what do I know? I'm just a cap. You know, I'm 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 a communist. <laughs> no, I mean that's that, that's like, that's how fucked up the U.S. is right now. It is like we think that folks are saying like I like to get like you know affordable health care. We call them communists. Real communists would be dragging rich people out in the street, cutting their fucking heads off, and taking all their money and giving it to everybody else. So uh, no, uh, <laughs> you're I not a communist. Uh, Barry Sanders a socialist. Uh, what do you think yeah. uh, Social Security is? What do you think the you know? military? What do you think the military is? Yeah, that, th- those are socialist programs, but people confuse socialism with communism, yeah. and and then they're not the same. Uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. It's crazy all over. I bet you're glad you're in Germany right now. <sighs> yeah, more or less. It's interesting to kind of watch the uh, the dumpster fire from a distance as opposed to being in the middle of it. Do you still got uh, Mer- is Merkel still in charge over there? Yeah, Angela Merkel is she is, she is noch the chancellor. Um, yeah, she's still in charge. Um, also, fun thing about Germany, we're recording this on the German equivalent of the Fourth of July. Um, this is like German Unity Day. This is oh, like the shit. day. When, yeah, it's like when when East Germany finally came back to the West and where they united. Oh, okay, okay, October third. I thought no. it was something darker than that. I was like, Stephen Kirsch, no. run! Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, we, we are looking for the Jews, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I, I, I was I was asking you earlier today, before we started recording, I was like, you know, what's the weather? And you were telling me, I was like, I was like, yeah, Germans can handle that till it's, uh, you know, 40% chance of Jews. Then they yeah. lose their shit, you know. But then but, I did uh, mention that, you know, like the mayor of Frankfurt, where I live, is Jewish. And he's like, I think, the second Jewish mayor of Germany since the Weimar Republic. So I love obvi- it. <laughs> affirmative action. Affirmative action. Yeah. It's even in Germany. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that's great. But then we talked about something else because we're, you know, this is what we do here. I don't give a fuck who's hosting with me. We take detours here on yeah. the Rock Metal Combat podcast. Um, so <laughs> we were talking about things that are different in Germany, and you mentioned. That yeah, uh, now, a, lot, yeah, a lot of the German girls are not used to uh, a cleaned up well, weighing, if you will. Well, actually, well, first, um, I've not, I've, I've only dated like one. I've been here nine years now. I've only dated one German girl. By and large, by and large, German women. Don't, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Don't, that woman was by and large too. Yeah, she was by. Yeah, uh, my name is Bertha. I'm going to be your your date tonight. Uh, yeah, drink this antifreeze. Um, <laughs> so, now the thing is, like, German women, by and large, if you're like a white American dude, they're probably not going to give you much action. If you're a black guy, you're going to be fine. Uh, but yeah, German women, for some reason, aren't really into American dudes. I think the, the U.S. military has been here so fucking long. And let's be honest, if you're in the military, God bless you, but we don't usually send our best and brightest into the military. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, hey, so, hey, hey, well, hey, I, hey um, I, I, I shot the Salvation Army, and uh, my son's a veteran. My grandfathers are veterans of World War II. I mean, mine, mine are too. But it's just like you know, I've seen like you know, we got some, we got some douches who are over here. Is what I'm getting at. Oh, I and, believe it. And, <laughs> and, and there's a, there's an army base not far away. I think it's an army base in V spot, and so. So it's, it's kind of fucking things up for the rest of us over here. But I've dated like a bunch of girls from like Europe, be it say 
Austria, mostly Eastern Europeans, um, Bulgaria, Romania, Czech Republic, Poland, Russia, Ukraine, um, Netherlands and France, just to finish off the list. Uh, um, but yeah, so there's always this cult. So culture shock or culture clashes come at the absolute weirdest times. And this has happened to me more than once as I've been with a European woman. So it seems that usually the European women I'm with, I'm like their first American. And so I've been in Germany for a few months and I meet this Austrian girl. And so we end up hooking up and it was great. The next morning we're having breakfast and she's looking at me all weird. And so I'm like, oh man, what the fuck did I do? Because we were, we were drinking and I... Yeah, your check probably bounced. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, you tried to pay in marks. Uh, we use euros now. Uh, so, and so I'm like, oh, what did I do? So I'm going this whole litany of like, you know, did I try to fuck her in the ass? Did I, did I come in her mouth? Come in her pussy? Did I come in her tits? Uh, no, no, no. Did I say I want to fuck her sister? No, I think I was a good guy. So, hey, babes, what's up? And she was be kind of like, so, um, you're your family, yeah. Are they Jewish? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? So it turns out that, yeah, as you mentioned, um, pretty much she was not expecting me not to, for me to not have a flap of filth over. Uh, <laughs> I love that. A flap yeah. of filth. That, 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 is, that is awesome. My, if, I, my, if I ever do start another show, it's between rock cocks or a flap of filth. But if, yeah, the, if it is rock cocks, every episode will be cut, not uncut. Yeah, yeah, they have that have the flap of filth section, like you know, for the for the Patreon members. Um, so yeah, so I don't have a cheese factory on my stuff. So oh. she, uh, oh. and so and pretty much every girl I've been with, whenever like you know they first look at my shit, I get like this slight odd reaction. Like first like, something's missing, and like ooh, like almost like almost like they're pleasantly surprised. And they don't like peel anything back. There's no like extra process involved in our having sex um it's just you know you whip it out and go yeah you don't have to unwrap it yeah you don't have to unwrap or unwrap before i wrap or anything like that and but then she asked me like well why i was like well this is you american like most american dudes are like this i was like why do you guys do that i'm like oh fuck i don't know um and so i went and looked it up and it's you know it's just really weird uh so apparently there's like there's two portions one there's like the hygiene part the hygiene argument that it's more hygienic and maybe a hundred some odd years ago it was but now probably not so much but another thing is too it's like a main proponent of circumcision back in the late 1800s early 1900s was um was it cw kellogg the dr kellogg of kellogg's cornflakes and all those other wonderful breakfast cereals yeah cut penises they're yeah, pretty great. much Yes. So apparently, Dr. Kellogg thought that by making this cornflake cereal, it'll prevent kids from jerking themselves. How does that happen? I have no idea. But part two of his master plan, too, is like, you know, if we cut off the foreskins, they're not going to want to jerk themselves either. Um, so that's why there's American circumcisions, because Kellogg thought it would be a way to prevent boys from masturbating. And so I guess after a while, just kind of caught on as a hygiene thing as well as this puritanical stuff that the U.S. was involved in in sex in the early 1900s. Um, Dr. Kellogg also wanted to perform circumcision on women, 
So uh. thank, yeah, thankfully that one didn't go through. But yeah, so uh, that is well, why. You know, I, I think he's totally opposite there. Like I think <laughs> if I had uh, what they refer to as a hooded monk, uh, I would probably be less likely to jerk off. Yeah, she's but, like, you know, when but, your shit looks like a fucking sea serpent, it's like, what is it? Yeah. Yeah, this but, like and, bait. Hey, I t- you know, my parents had a little taken off the top. I was like, that looks great. Let me play with that motherfucker, you know? <laughs> and I've been doing it for years. Yeah. I did it this morning. I'm Once. doing it now. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> all this oh. talk about Fear Factory got me hard. Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what. Boy, all this talk about uh, clean dicks. Uh, got me all excited. Let's talk about another guy with a clean dick, you know for sure. And that's Gene Simmons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Gene Simmons is telling all you motherfuckers, oh my God, to put on your masks. And uh, that's a big, big deal over here in the colonies. How is it in Germany? Are, are, are Germans wearing masks? Is there resistance to masks? What's um. going on? I guess the best word to use for it is a German word. It's it's called Jein, which is a combination of yes and no. Uh, so, yes. I mean, over here in Germany, for the most part, if you're on, say, public transit, you wear a mask. If you go into, like, a public building, you wear a mask. If you're out on the street, you don't necessarily have to. Um, I was in Munich about a week or so ago, and I did see folks um, wearing masks on the street. So, because Munich got, well, actually, Bavaria in general got hit pretty hard back in the spring with the virus. They had a really strict lockdown. Um, Frankfurt didn't get it as badly, and but we did have a lockdown a bit of, of sorts as well. Like, um, pretty much every shop was closed, except for, like, groceries or, or pharmacies um, and drugstores. Um, restaurants were closed. Bar, bars and clubs were closed. Brothels were closed, so I'm sure I pissed off a lot of people. Oh, oh I know. And, but, you know, but now it's like, you know, you can still, you can wear, you don't, you, every now and then you may see someone wear a mask on the street, say in Frankfurt, but by and large, you don't see them wear a mask in the street. But once you walk into a public building, then yes, you put a mask on. Um, so we're not, there have been folks who are, you know, we do have we do have our version of my freedom folks over here and they don't want to wear masks there's been like protests about it in berlin and but by and large i think germany has we've handled it a little better than say the u.s um but i i the numbers have been increasing lately over here and i'm kind of wondering if we're going to go back to a little bit of a lockdown like we had in march and april so yeah well i don't know if you heard even over here our own dictator has uh, has has the bid now I and he's in the that. hospital you know and i ask all our listeners you know keep him in your thoughts and pray you know <laughs> that that motherfucker dies please Uh-oh. facebook's not gonna like this please. Twitter. oh wham 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 i i hope that i hope they shove a fucking ventilator up his orange ass and he fucking dies. And somebody asked me the other day on, on Facebook, they're like, uh, uh, worst case scenario, uh, you know, Trump has COVID uh, and and lives, but uh, Sammy Hagar comes back to Van Halen, <laughs> blah, 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 you know, and, and all this shit, you know, I'm like, 
Uh, you know, you know what? I would rather, I would rather, fuck it, let Trump die and Sammy comes back to Van Halen. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, because I care about America. America. Fuck I, yeah. I, I, I'd rather Sammy comes back and Trump dies. And then I put, but you know, option C, I kill all the motherfuckers who support the uh, Van Hagar reunion because you know they're Trump supporters, <laughs> and it's a win-win for America. You know, win, you win, get rid win. of, yeah, you get rid of all these motherfuckers. You know, you like Trump, you like Sammy Hagar, nine, 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 nine. Um, it's like I mentioned, I, I've been watching the dumpster fire from a distance. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I need to ask you. So, so are you going to do one of these mail-in ballots? Are, are you still an American? I mean, do you still? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Okay. I've got. I'm still a citizen. I'm. I've registered, and um, so you read when when you're next. Well, the thing is, when you're an expatriate, um, you register with the last state where you lived, and in my case, it's Illinois. So, I mean, I've I've lived in like throughout the Midwest, but the last city I lived in before I moved to Germany was Chicago. So yeah. I've registered. So I've registered for Cook County. I'm just waiting to get it. I guess I'm supposed to get it through email probably later this month. Um, I'm surprised I haven't gotten it yet because I registered a couple months ago. But yeah, I'll, I'll do it through email. So it shouldn't be that big a deal. I did it in 2016 through email as well. Um, I only at this point I only I could technically I guess technically I could register I could vote in like all the elections, but I only really read I only really vote in the federal ones because I feel like I don't. I don't really live in, say, Chicago. I really shouldn't have a say with what the fuck's going on with, like, the local politics there, because it's not going to affect me. But the federal ones, yeah, that affects me at least tangentially. So at the moment, that's the only thing I can do. I'm not, I'm, I've got, I have the equivalent of a green card over here. I've, I've been here nine years. I have the, um, they call it an Aufenthaltstitel, which basically means, like, it's a visa. Uh, mine is unlimited. All I have to do is whenever my passport gets renewed, I have to go down and then let them know, here's the new information. So I got my new passport about a month ago, and I had to get off my ass and go down to the um, the immigration department and just let them know. And that place just sucks because the line's always so fucking long. And the people, and, you know, you say what you will about the U.S., at least U.S. customer service is good. Um... Do you know what folks over here who work in like any sort of customer service or bureaucracy? It's just the drizzle shits. Um, you know, at best they're going to be shitty towards you. <laughs> and that's uh, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what. I used to be like you. I only voted in presidential shit, but you know, last ten years, I don't care if it's dog catcher. If that motherfucker's Republican, no, you're out. No, and I get it. If I lived that's in Chicago, when I lived in Chicago, I was voting everything. Like you know, every. Every every city council primaries, all that shit. But since I'm here, it's like I don't really. It doesn't feel right for me. And what I would like to do is I like to be able to vote over here. But until I become a German citizen, I can't do that. So I used to have a joke. I, I can't even vote in like say European elections, like for the EU, even though I'm a, I pay taxes and all other shit. And I, I I used to make a joke. When I would meet these folks in the street, they gave me like pamphlets or ballot type things or whatever. And I was like, oh, no, I can't. I'm a convicted felon. Um, and look at me like kind of weird. Like, what do you mean? So apparently in Germany, even in you're in prison, you can still vote. 
So, yeah, you don't lose your right to vote just because you happen to have, you know, chopped up a hooker and then ate her liver. So, well, you know, it's kind of, it, it's getting liberal over here. You know, now if you're white, you can vote. Yeah. You know, so that's, you know, there's that. <laughs> so you got that going for you, which is nice. Yeah. Well, you know, one good thing coming out of all this chaos, uh, you know, and the election that's crazy is Spinal Tap is getting back together for a virtual reunion to benefit Pennsylvania Democrats. And, Jazz uh, Odyssey. Jazz Odyssey. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what the set list will be. Uh, you know, you know, does you know, is, is there a lot of uh, intravenous to Milo? You know, like, you know, the lesser known cuts or, you know, or is it just going to be like Hellhole and Big Bottom? Big bottom. Yeah, it's, it's going to be all that shit. I mean, maybe, yeah. um, what was it? The um, Majesty of Rock. Yeah. A- anytime Spinal Tap gets together, uh, you know, I'm excited. Yeah. I just love the fact I remember back in the day when that film came out, I knew folks who thought that was a real band. Oh, yeah. I was like, really? <laughs> Do you think, like, you know, like an actual dude is going to walk into, you know, like a fucking airport with um, a cucumber wrapped in tinfoil in his junk region? (laughs) Hey, this is America. Of course they're going to believe that shit. Good God. Well, another story here. And oh, my God, it's kiss related again. Uh, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They just released uh, the official cause of death for uh, Ghost Kiss guitar player uh, Bob Kulik. And I lost 20 bucks on this. Uh, it turns out, uh, you know. Well, what, did you think it, what did you think it was? I thought it was a rift deficiency. Uh-huh. I, thought, I thought Ace Fraley stole his credit for so many years, he, he just withered away to nothing. You know, his, US, all, his USDA yeah. of riff was just yeah, way, yeah. Way, just everything just, you thought was ace was Bob Kulik and it, it, he just whittled down to nothing but turns out it was heart disease so I'm out 20 bucks and Bruce is out a brother what are you gonna do what are you gonna do sad news sad news but good news there is good news this week mm-hmm. you got to hear uh, a little snippet of the brand new ACDC single Shot in the Dark. And uh, did you check that out? No, I didn't know it was out yet. Um, any good? Well, I must yeah. be it's good news. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I... Okay, uh, first of all, it's 30 seconds. Okay, so... Uh, um, yeah, yeah, you know, you, know you, you never know. You never know. Uh, but what I heard sounds like fucking ACDC and sounds good and they've... Uh, confirmed the lineup which i think is great news to everybody it's it's the classic lineup plus uh you know steve young filling in for his uncle uh mm-hmm. but you know cliff williams came out of retirement phil rudd is back brian johnson is back uh, and i've got i've got high hopes i you know we had a episode on this show where i was very critical of their last album rocker bust i thought it was really i, th- I thought it was the worst acd album i ever heard I, I just thought it was so stock and by the numbers and subpar yeah. it was really 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 bad uh, but i'm excited with this little clip and from what i've heard uh, not only will malcolm young be on the album 
uh, you know, through recordings that he made prior to his death, you know, but, you know, had a hand in the songwriting. So basically they're using a lot of songs that, you know, maybe were left off of other albums or, you know, just stuff they didn't get around to finishing. And, and sometimes when you do an album like that, it works out. And sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say by a 30 second clip, but what I heard, I was like, sounded good. The production sounded good. Uh, you know, I, I was very happy. I mean, you can tell it's Phil Rudd back on drums, which, you know, uh, all due respect to that bald motherfucker, Chris Slade, you know, who kept saying, I'm still in the band. I mean, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, I, I'm working out here. I'm still in the band. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Do whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're not. But, uh, I mean, that would that would be a great thing for you know the horrible year that 2020's been. Uh, to have a new ACDC album would be great, and it would be even better if it was a, a good ACDC album. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited about that. Uh, let's see, let's see if we got a few more before we get into our album. I'm trying to see if there's anything newsworthy. Well, while you're looking, I'll mention one too. Okay. I, I um. Talking about new albums, just last week, um, at the end of September, uh, Bob Mould has released a new album called Blue oh, Hearts. Okay, for for our listeners, tell them who Bob Mould is. I know, mm. but I got a feeling a lot of us. Uh, yeah, that's possible. Listening. Bob Mould was one of the founding members of Husker Du. And Husker Du was like one of those seminal punk bands from the '80s. They were from Minneapolis. It was always it was like a big deal when they. When, when they were signed to like a major label because that just didn't happen for punk acts. But they broke up 30 years ago or so. Um, since that time, Bob Mould's released a lot of solo albums, uh, various different projects. They had, like, they had like a couple electronic type albums. But he also was in a band. He had a band for a little bit called Sugar. Yeah. He had a couple of albums, Copper Blue and Beaster. Um, then he did started just doing solo stuff again. But this new one... I'll be honest. Like the first song, I'm not the biggest fan of. Everything after that, it's his best shit since Husker Do. Period. It's just nothing bad off it. After the first song is a little kind of acousticy, just slightly whatevery, but everything else is just balls out rock, and it's all it's all very it's it's pretty political. So if you you know if you happen to you know if you happen to say like Trump or Republicans, you may not really want to listen to this album. But otherwise, but yeah, it's just an amazing fucking album. So it's just, I would say definitely give it a listen. He's got a YouTube page. Every fucking song is out there. If you want to just listen to it for free, go for it. But I would say definitely check this out. Bob Mould's Blue Hearts, well worth it. Oh, well, well now you got to think of another pick of the week. Well, uh, I've got one. I don't, I've got uh, one. Okay, good, good. Uh, well, uh, I will definitely check that out because I'm a fan of Husker Du and, you know, a fan of Sugar. Uh, you know, Copper Blue it is yeah, a great album. Very uh, front-loaded album. Yeah, I love the first side. Not a bad song on it. Second side, I was kind of like, just okay. But yeah, that yeah. first side was fucking gold. Just oh, yeah. nothing. Yeah. No, so I'll definitely check that out. Well, here's one last story before we get into the album of the week this week. Uh, so many people will be happy because, yes, it will be a track-for-track track review. People miss uh, miss that on my former show. 
you know, the classic track by track. But it's something we can both talk about, you know, being that we've both spent time in Chicago. Smashing Pumpkins released uh, songs off their new, soon to be released double album. And oh my God, did you hear them? No. I, okay. First five Smashing Pumpkins albums, I absolutely love. Um, with like, to be honest, my favorite two being the last two, um, Adore and Machina One. Once, um, once James and Darcy left, um, I just, I just stopped giving a shit. Anything after that to me was just fucking Zwan 2.0 or whatever. And so I, I mean, I've not. I heard some stuff off of like um, what was it Zeitgeist. I thought that's okay. Oh, that was horrible. But I've not. I just. I just. It's weird. I just. It's. I'm like. I'm like that with the Pixies as well. I loved original Pixies when they broke up and got back together. I didn't give a fuck about them getting back together. And I'm the same with Smashing Pumpkins. It's like it's okay. You don't have. It's just you. Okay. It's just Billy and and Jimmy. But if you don't have James and you don't have Darcy, it's not Smashing Pumpkins. You could still get James if they weren't if they weren't well, shitting on each other well, left and right. Well, well, but Dar- James- Darcy's long gone. She's she's like yeah. She's but so ja- James up. is back in the band now. Oh, he is. Oh, okay, good. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. It's everybody but Darcy. Well, but she's not. Go- I mean, it's. Have you seen yeah. her? Like- oh yeah. I, that's. Just, I yeah. mean, that's that's a hot mess. Now, and, and no, and I I get what you're saying, but uh, the new album, the the two new tracks that they put out. Um, I would say if you you would compare it to anything, it would be a, uh, a door, but like okay. really bad, really uh, bad. And I'm thinking mm. like, okay, first of all, you did a door because of the loss of Jimmy Chamberlain. You don't have one of the, the greatest drummers in rock. And hey, I'm not a big Smashing Pumpkins fan, but you, hey, nobody can say Jimmy Chamberlain's not an amazing drummer because he is. I would agree. Uh, He's a good drummer. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, but it, it's totally like electronic bullshit. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, God damn, you got you got E-Hop back. You got Chamberlain. Yeah, you don't have Darcy, so you don't have something to fucking look at. But then again, if, you know, like you she, said, she's nothing to look at. Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. Exactly. But uh, no, he just went in. It, it, it's like to me an uh, electronic, to, you know, and I love all kinds of electronic music and shit like that. But, you know, you, you still got to have a good song. And what I heard from this is just fucking horrible. I think it's the wrong move for them. You know, if you want to try to reclaim whatever it is you had, I think, you know, put out another fucking Gish, you know, which is still my favorite album, uh, you know. But yeah, the, the new songs, oh, fucking craptastic. But, you know, <laughs> you know, now they do sound like they're from Chicago because they sound like fucking Sticks or some fucking other horrible band, you know. You're like Earth Chicago after Terry Cat decided to air out his brain. Yeah. Um, oh, I love Chicago. I love early Chicago, but once, once Terry Cat decided, like, yeah, I'm going to put a 45 slug in my temple. Um, that it, just, it was an accident. It was yeah. an accident. It's Terry Cat's greatest hit, the side of his fucking head. Ouch! Um, ouch! 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 Boy, you are not taking into consideration the big Chicago fan base that listens to this show. Good lord. Oh. They all hang out by that fucking uh, hot dog stand over by the Fullerton L stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Saturday shit. in the park. They'll be right there. For those who don't live in Chicago, never been there. There used to be a hot dog stand 
um, at the um, just under the tracks at the Fullerton state, the Fullerton's L train station, and they always only played Chicago songs. Um, does it? I don't know. I, I I don't know if they ever had like an end cutoff date. They played a it was all Chicago all the fucking time. And it was not just in the restaurant, but outside as well. <laughs> and so if you're like sitting there waiting for whatever, and like the Fullerton station, that's for DePaul University. So if you're like going to that university or if you live near there, like I used to, you're on that state, you're on that platform, you're hearing that fucking stuff. And it could be like the good stuff, like, you know, 25 or six to four or anything from the early shit. Or it could be like, you know, fucking, um, that got us off a fucking karate kid or whatever. Um, <laughs> hey, that's Peter Cetera solo. Okay. Oh, that was Peter solo. Okay. But yeah. they, okay. Chicago himself did some like, like what you're the inspiration. Yeah. That horse shit. So yeah, it could be that stuff as well. You're so. the reason in <sighs> my life. You're the inspiration. You bring magic to my life. You're the inspiration. If you did somebody, I've got constipation. Oh, it was on my mind. Uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. We have an album to talk about. You sure do. And, and, and this is one, uh, another one I, I find so funny. I got a text the other day, and, uh, you know, I, I get all these people always trying to stir shit up about, you know, Rock and Metal Combat podcast and, and, and trying to stir, you know, Either get Ralph and I back together or to wedge us farther apart. And a uh, guy sent me one. He, he said, uh, Ralph said on his radio show back in March, he left the show because it became the uh, the, the soft rock or the, the, the light rock and new metal podcast. You know, referring to, you know, at the time we broke up, we were doing fan episodes, which Ralph yeah. was very upset about because <laughs> we got to a point because i had a whole list of fan episodes yeah, uh, I, I can understand that so. you know and, and and what the albums were and i i knew through working with ralph like okay i want to recommend we do this one this week because he won't get upset about this one <laughs> you know and, and someone i don't want to do that one i don't want to do that one you know oh, people paid for it i don't want to do it you know so a, a lot of these episodes that are coming up these final episodes they are weird albums, and they are ones that aren't, you know, within what you would expect, um, you know, from us. But I kind of, you know, I front-loaded what we did just to keep the peace on the show. But the uh, album, are you, 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 the album you picked this week is Ralph that, Lug. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We, when the last time I was on, yeah. we talked about like doing something in the future, yeah. and I brought this one up, and he's like, "Fuck yeah!" I'm like, "Okay, cool." Because I mean, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, I had some shit picked that you know, you know, that weren't that weren't exactly fan faves. So, um, but as I'm like, yeah, well, you know, did, did, did this one because I'm like, cool, and yeah. so because I, no, I wasn't sure, and I was like, well, okay. I, I, I thought I thought I thought it was funny though because you know you are getting this episode because your donation, you did like a mega donation, you know, you did a donation yeah. big enough to pay for like. Three episodes, uh, and you want, so if you want to, to if you want hear two more of me? Just let us know, and I, I, yeah, I bet you yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think you, I think you got one more after this. I think you paid enough okay. for like three. I think you got one more after okay. this. Okay, but uh, um, but no, it, it's just funny because he's like, oh, what these people are picking, 
But then I think back to he paid, you know, we each paid for our own, like, we get to pick it. Mm-hmm. That son of a bitch picked fucking Ario Speedwagon. I had to. Well, that's, that's funny. I had to I, do a fucking Ario Speedwagon. Like, you want to bitch about, you know, and, and again, uh, and again, this is something I'm hearing secondhand. So maybe Ralph did not say this, and. I, and I, and, and I, I know I, there's going to be people who run back and go, oh, Ian said, Ian said, uh, uh. But, but this is what somebody sent me that he said that on his show. So if he did, I'm thinking to myself, like, motherfucker, you picked Ario Speedwagon. So shut yeah. the fuck up, okay? And it wasn't even I'm, Ario Speedwagon with a fucking hit on it. You know? I'm, I'll go on record. I, I, think, I think what the guy texted you was bullshit. So I, I really. Okay. Think, wait, 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 wait. So I, I think, but, I think but, it's bullshit. But, but regardless. I do know firsthand that he bitched about what the fans picked, and but motherfucker, you picked Ario Speedwagon. He should have been kicked off the page for picking Ario Speedwagon. All the people you banned, you should have been kicked off for picking Ario Speedwagon. God damn it! But the album we are going to talk about and the band we are going to talk about is definitely outside the wheelhouse of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, and that is Devo. And we yeah. are talking about. The very first album, the debut album. Question: Are we not men? Answer: We are. We Devo. are Devo. Yeah. And 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 this is oddly enough, this is one Ralph couldn't wait to do this one. Ralph loved this album, uh, but he's no longer with us. So I, I am here. It's just you and me, Mister T. And uh, let me know, you know, where does Devo fall in your wheelhouse, and why did you pick this album? So where Diva falls in my wheelhouse. Um, so I've, again, I hate I hate going back to my old defunct show, but if you were listening to Iron Cast, and chances are you weren't, and that's fine. Um, I used to mention that as a kid, there were like four folks in my life who influenced my musical tastes. Obviously my parents. So, and then after that, two of my uncles my father's older brother and my mother's younger brother so my father my both my parents they loved like the beatles um the singer songwriters from like the late 60s early 70s um some of the folk type stuff my mom loved r&b um so like things like you know jim croce steely dan um crosby stills nash and young neil young bob dylan all that stuff I got from my parents, along with like, you know, basically 70s R&B, I got that from my mom. My father's older brother, he loved like 70s hard rock. He introduced me to Aerosmith, to um, Led Zeppelin, to ZZ Top. And he also loved like outlaw country. So he introduced me to like Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, hell, even, even fucking Freddie Fender, I heard from him. And I, I loved all this shit. And my mom's younger brother, he liked more eclectic type stuff. He loved, he introduced me to David Bowie. He introduced me to like Elvis Costello and Blondie. Um, and he introduced me to Devo. And Devo is kind of special for me in that this was the first band that I heard of on the ground floor. Like every other band or artist that I heard of up until that point, like 78, I was like nine years old or so. So every hour up to that point, they've already had like either albums out or they were already dead. Like Jim Croce was already gone, Beatles already broken up, um, all that shit. But yeah, I heard this from the very first album, and I was like, 
from a local place like, wow, that's pretty cool. What is that? And then I guess a couple months later or so, they're on SNL and they performed um, Satisfaction in Jocko And I thought, man, these guys are fucking great. It was just so different, so out there. Nothing else was like this. I mean, I, even other new wave acts weren't like these guys. And I know that folks were like, they like to throw art rock around to mean usually at any point anymore, more than likely some semi horseshit prog act. But to me, Devo is like the rock, the art rock band, because they had a message the entire time. And that message was, we are devolving. We are becoming dumber due to technological advances. And we're also becoming more compliant just because of more authoritarianism. And fuck, 40 years after this album came out, damn near, it's we're, we're seeing it. <laughs> um, so... But yeah, they, they, always, they always stayed on point for like for most of their albums. Um, but yeah, I was a fan from the early from the early stages, from the first album. I I got in all of them up to um, oh no, it's Devo. I heard some stuff from Shout and wasn't really digging it. Um, and then when uh, um, whether that last album, I forgot what, what came after Shout. Um, after that Shout. One, we are, yeah, to, uh, total to, Devo. Yeah, total Devo. Yeah, I I loved Disco Boy, or Disco Dancer rather. Yeah, Disco Dancer. That was that, that sounded kind of KMFDM-ish. Well, I, I see where KMFDM got their shit from because that's obviously before them. But it just otherwise it wasn't really doing it for me. And also I was kind of bummed because by Total Devo, the not really the original drummer, but the classic drummer, right? Allen had left the band already. I mean, the original drummer was it. You had another Mother's Ball, um, so originally had like three Mother's Balls and two Casales. Um, but yeah, but you know, the drummer that was on this first album, Alan, he left. He's like, "Well, you guys using fucking drum machines more of the time. I, what the fuck am I here for?" And so he said, "Fucking left." But I just, I was just kind of like, "Man, you know, the band's not the same, and it just didn't sound the same." And I just, you know, didn't really care as much. But Devo is very special band for me just because I said most because it was the first band I got into from the start and I feel like I was just going along with them as they as they were making their new albums and not only that Devo had the best fucking merch ever <laughs> holy fuck balls these guys like they would have like now if you're old if you remember back in the day like Kiss would have like the little inserts like you know here you can buy like you know the keychains or the oh shirts my god. And whatnot. yeah oh my god Kiss but Devo had that shit too. But they had things like, you know, like for the first couple of albums, you could get like the um, the yellow jumpsuits or the 3D glasses for, um, you know, Duty Now for the Future, you could get 3D glasses for Freedom of Choice, you get like the uh, the Energy Dome, the, co- the so-called flower pots. Um, by New Traditionalists, you can get like the, um, that plastic pompadour hair, which this would be like, like Kennedy's hair or Nick's or, or Reagan's right. hair. Um, you get like all the shirts, everything. You're like their merch was fucking incredible. And my uncle got some of that fucking merch. You get like you know the jumpsuits, and he went off and um, Frankenstein a pair of like uh, remember those old zany zappers back in the day? Um, yeah. It was like some you know he got a pair of those. He he Frankenstein like a red and a blue one to make like 3D glasses out of them. So you have like little zany zappers with like 3D glass look. It's like 
just the coolest fucking shit. Their merch fucking rocked. This band was amazing. They had just a great. It was, it was, it was art. It was it was art and music. So, how are you with Devo? Uh, Devo is a band that uh, I've just never really delved into. And at, at certain points, I was like, oh, I like this song. And then that song, I'm like, eh. And I would say prior prior to knowing we were going to do this review, I'd never listened to an album in, in its entirety. Okay. You know? I didn't like them. I, I, I mean, I, I should say I didn't like them. I, I didn't love them. You didn't like and, Whip It. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of Whip It either. No, no. Sh- so. Shit. Whip, Whip It's my second favorite Devo song. Okay. I love I love Whip It. I've always loved that song. Um, but you I know, love Whip, the, I love the video. The video is yeah, amazing. Whip Whip It came out when I was a kid, and I always always loved that song. And you know, I thought their you know their shtick was kind of cool. You know, they, they were like nerd rock. You know, before Weezer. You know, before Chicken Foot. You know, they were nerds. You know. Um, <laughs> but you know, I dug that, and I and I loved Whip It. But I'll never forget it was the the 15th anniversary special for Saturday Night Live, and this was in the 80s, and they were playing snippets of all past musical guests. And to this point, all I knew was Whip It, no, only Devo song I knew. And then it showed them playing satis- their cover of Satisfaction, and I was so pissed off because they only played a snippet. <laughs> and, and, and in my mind, it's like, you're making fun of the fucking Rolling Stones? Fuck you. You know, Rolling Stones are the greatest rock band of all time. You're making fun of the fucking Stones? And it was just this one snippet of the song, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I'm like, ah, fuck this shit. You know, I love Whip It, but, you know, fuck these guys. They're making fun of the Stones. You know? And... So I always kind of put them in like a one-hit wonder category. I love Whip It, but I'm not going to check them out. Mm-hmm. And then I checked them out again when uh, A Perfect Circle put out that covers album. And they put out like this, you know, political album. It was all shit, you know, like, please don't go out there and reelect, you know, Bush Jr., which happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was all like kind of like protest songs and shit like that. And a Perfect Circle covered Freedom of Choice. And I, I, I found the cover of the song kind of interesting. I was like, well, let me check out the original. And when I heard the original version of Freedom of Choice, I was like, this song is fucking amazing. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. I mean, and to this day, Freedom of Choice is my favorite Devo song of all time. I fucking love that song. Um, Whip It being my second favorite. Um loved it but it's still one of those things at the time I, i'm listening to so much metal it's like okay i like the song but i didn't devote enough time to devo to go and check out the rest of the catalog but as i became more of a scholar of music and music history and stuff come to find out man a lot of you know people that i consider heroes uh were fans of this band uh neil young was a huge devo fan uh david bowie uh, he got he got the new he got the new production for this. Yeah, yeah, you know Brian Eno produced yeah. the first uh, the first yeah. album. I, I mean, all these people I hold in high regard saw something in Devo, so I'm like, well, maybe I I, I need to check it out more. And it's one of those things they were always on my back burner 
of you know because I listen to so much shit and so much different shit and because because of, of my ADD I get on a band and I, I fucking <laughs> listen to it for so long till I'm burned out and then I find another band and then I listen to it so long till I'm burned out uh, but I always like to jump genres especially the older I get the older I get the more I'm like give me something new I already know what I love but give me something new let me find a new you know I've only got limited time left here on earth you know and, and in my mind that's all you have <laughs> you know it's yeah. not like I'm gonna go to the pearly gates and then I'll listen to this no you know um, <laughs> you know I, I I have the time left I have here I already know I like this shit let me try to find some other shit that tickles my fancy uh, but they were always on that list of bands but for whatever reason I never did it so Prior to getting ready for this, I'd still yet to listen to a, a Devo album in its entirety. Uh, and and now I've listened to two Devo albums in their entirety, and I plan on listening to more. But uh, what, was the, what was the second one? Freedom of Choice. Yeah, Freedom of Choice. Freedom of Choice. I will say, my this is my favorite Devo album. My second favorite one would be Oh No, It's Devo. Okay, yeah, I haven't listened to anything off that. Uh, oh, another Devo song I gotta say I did love because I'm a huge fan of the movie and I just bought it on Blu-ray. Through, through being cool, Doctor Detroit. They did oh, the theme okay. song to Doctor Detroit, the Dan Aykroyd movie. Yeah, the, I was saying the, through being cool because it, that that song's in heavy metal, the movie. Uh, well, uh, no, in in heavy metal, don't they do work, working in a coal mine? That's in the closing credits. They did through being cool during the um, uh, when that. Where that oh, the the woman, the defender, she goes into that bar. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's them too. Yeah, and it's even a Devo looking band playing. Yeah, but, of course, yeah. of course it is. Because <laughs> who else? But, who else? Gonna, who else going to do play Devo songs with a band that looks like fucking Devo? Right. But I so. don't think I don't think that song was on the soundtrack. Just uh, working a coal mine was on the soundtrack. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, no, I do remember that. But no, I love the theme from Dr. Detroit. So that's another one I like. But again, a band I never delve head first into. But, you know, when I contacted you about like, hey, let's do your episode, you know, and, and, and you threw me a couple uh, albums. You yeah. threw me this one and the Pixies. And I was like, hey, man, I, I'm not whatever who's ever left to do these fan episodes, whatever you want. I don't give a fuck what it is. Don't throw at me which one do you like more. You tell me in, in your heart, what do you want? I will study it. I will learn it, and I'll give you my honest review. Because in my opinion, if you paid, that's what you deserve. You you should get what you want. And uh, But I was happy when you picked this one, because I was like, you know what? Again, here's a band I've always wanted to delve more into and, and never did. And uh, it's been interesting. I think I've listened to this album probably about ten times since okay. uh, since we decided on this. No, it's a few days ago. Yeah, yeah, but it's a sh- it's a short ad. It's like thirty five minutes. So yeah, I, 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 I've listened to it a lot at work. I listened to it probably two and a half times this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because it is. I mean, this is new shit to me. You know, so. But uh, I, I was more than happy to do it, and it was a very interesting album to listen to. And and that's I, I wish all our listeners would do, man. Check out some different shit, you know. Even if you don't like it, just try something different, you know. Uh, 
So I am ready to talk about this, but you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're the man who picked this. So why don't you take the first track, Uncontrollable Urge? I've got an uncontrollable urge. Yes. I look, I love this song. This is one of those, it just comes at you, it just grabs you. It's a song you would, you're going to hear this type of stuff again, I think, in other new wave acts later on. It just has that classic new wave kind of sound to it. You know, even though you know, this, they're the ones who are starting it right here. It just, you can hear this crap later, this type of stuff later. And say, like, um, I mean, it's, name any like guitar driven new wave band like the late 70s early 80s I think a lot of those folks are just listening to this album hey we gotta copy some of this shit um I remember they played this song on like Fridays they appeared on Fridays a few times way back in the day um if anyone remember Fridays was like ABC's answer to Saturday Night Live they just came in like Friday night um a decent show it had like it had Larry David and um unfortunately it had Michael Richards because he had Kramer from Seinfeld on, and he had yeah, Andy, Ka- Andy, Ka- yeah, Andy Kaufman appeared on it a few times. He was pretty good. They had great musical guests. I think the like even SNL in the seventies had wonderful musical guests. Yeah, but but Fridays, Fridays fucking blew him away. That was that was the best thing about Fridays was the musical guests. Yeah, they had like the you Clash know? and and, and oh, oh, like, oh my oh my god oh my god for you Kiss fans oh my god Mark Blankenfield was on Fridays, who is the, the host of the Kiss video Exposed. So there you go. There there's some oh my god Kiss trivia for you. It was like the it was like it was like they were touring for the elder though, so I guess Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I absolutely love this song. This is just a great song. It's a great way to start off your experience with Devo. How about you there, Ian? Uh oh I I love this song. And this is a song that I had heard for years before, but never knew it was Devo. It's been in commercials, um, right? I think it's yeah. Oh yeah, and I, I think that's where I knew the yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, doing some research, I saw it was even the theme song for some fucking MTV show. But it was like you know a millennia after I stopped watching MTV, so I have no idea about the MTV show. It was the theme song too. Um, but I always liked the song and the punk feel to it. Uh, to me, it, it also reminds me of other, like, uh, you know, artists that might not be considered new wave nowadays, but were considered new wave back in the day. Because yeah. just the, the jangly guitar playing reminds me of something you would hear on an early Elvis Costello and the Attractions record or, yeah. uh, or, a, or a Joe Jackson record. You know, it had that kind of tone. Um, yeah, very much, very much Joe Jackson. Yeah, I, I can definitely hear that. Yeah, yeah, uh, but no, I, I I love the song and, and and what a way to to open up and, and then just to think about you know in, in context, try to put uh, that this came out in 1978 and and to think about what was popular on the radio at that time. I mean, granted, you had you know like Boston, shit like Boston was popular then. Yeah, yeah, you know, shit like you know Boz Skaggs and fucking Bee Gees, you know. But then you also have this, you know. But I um, like that. I like that dirty, dirty lowdown. Oh no, I, I love all those bands. I love, I love all kinds of shitty '60s, and <laughs> '70s, and '80s music. I love all that shit. But I'm saying that's what was popular. That was that's what was mainstream. That's what you heard when you turned on the radio. You know, when you turn on the radio, you did not hear uncontrollable urge. Yeah. 
Um, no, this this is the same time. Uh, give an idea of the time frame. This came out about a, a few weeks before the Kiss solo albums all came out. Yeah, yeah. So put that in context. <laughs> you know, if you so choose to listen to this song. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I love Uncontrollable Urge. Uh, a great song, great opener. But then we get into their cover of the Rolling Stones, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. And like I said, I <laughs> never heard this until the that 15th anniversary SNL special. And I was offended. Like, you're making fun of, you know, my gods. You know, like, God damn it, you're that band that just sings Whip It. You, 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 don't, you don't have the moxie to fucking cover the Rolling Stones. And, and again, we're talking about like a five-second snippet. But what I heard in that five seconds, I did not like, I did not approve of. And I didn't hear it again until it was featured in Martin Scorsese's Casino. Uh, love that movie. Yeah, oh, I love it too. There, there's a great... But I got to hear more of the song. You know, if you watch that movie, you know, the song's not played in its entirety, but you get to hear more of it. I was like, hmm, I'm kind of getting it now, you know? Plus, I'm a little bit more advanced in, you know, my musical taste and shit like that. And I can appreciate it. And I didn't see it as much as like making fun of them as just like a weird interpretation of it. You know, and that gimme, 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 you know, like I love that part now, you know? Right. Like hearing it now, I love it. Now, if I had my pick, what am I going to listen to? Of course, I'm going to listen to the Stones version. But I love what they did, and I get it now. I didn't get it when I was 14, and I saw it on NBC. But I get it now, and I dig it. What do you think? So, yeah, um, their cover of Satisfaction. Now, as I mentioned, I'd heard this on SNL Live when I was, like, nine. And, you know, one of the two things I'm very thankful for with my parents is that, one, they gave me, like, a between them and my uncles, I had this amazingly wide range of music I was being exposed to at a very early age, which probably explains a lot of why I like so much goofy shit. Um, and two is that my parents ended up letting me watch SNL from like the first season back in 75 when I was six years old. Um, my parents had already been divorced for about a year. And one weekend I'm at my dad's place and he's just like, well, you know, if you're really good, I'll let you stay up and watch the show. Um, he'd watch like the very first episode. He thought it was. He thought I might think. He thought I might think it was funny because I used to watch Monty Python back then. You know, I didn't catch everything. Obviously, I'm like fucking six. Um, but so he let me stay up like really late. You know, till one a.m. for a six-year-old is disgustingly late. So and he let me watch that. And he takes me home to my mom and tells my mom like, you know, he watched it last week. He watched this last night. And my mom's like, well, I can't be the shitty parent. I gotta let him do it now too. So, <laughs> so I was watching SNL from like 75 up until like 85 or something like every episode, even the really shitty 1980 season right. that, um, that, you know, I would have killed myself too if I was on that fucking season. Um, <laughs> oh, but, poor Charles Rock. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but so I saw this then and unlike you, um, I loved it from the word go. Um, I was I did know about the Rolling Stones. That was one of those acts my parents liked too. Um, but I I loved it. I thought I mean I go to this one before I go to the original. Um, this well, is I mean, I mean I get I, that like like my first the, the first song I remember like really listening to and enjoying was Miss You. You know, and that's because of my age. You know, I'm a little yeah, bit yeah. younger than 
younger than you, but you know, in, in, in my household, you know, we, we didn't believe in Jesus Christ. We believed in Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. Yeah. So it was a sacrilege, you know. Yeah. I mean, but, my parents, my parents liked the Stones, but I could, you could tell they were clearly more. They were definitely more in the Beatles camp. I mean, shit, my okay. mom saw the Beatles live twice. Okay. Um, which you know, that's, I think they toured like what once, like maybe on one big tour, and that was it for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they played five shows, and your mom saw <laughs> two of them, so that's all. Yeah. Yeah, I know, and then. So, but she couldn't get backstage and become like a groupie of George Harrison. I would have loved to have had, I'd love to have been Donnie Harrison instead. Um, so, but no, I mean, this is, I mean, this song was just, I love it. It's when, when Iron Cast, we did like our top 10 favorite cover songs. This was my number five. And I, I went back and took a look at my list again. I'm looking like it was at four, three, two, and one. So it's still a number five. It's not going to top. It's not going to top like David Lee Roth's um, I Ain't Just a Gigolo. It's not going to top Thousand Humbo DJ's um, Super. It's not going to top Alien Ant Farm, Smooth Criminal. It's certainly not going to top Johnny oh, Cash. Oh, oh, I love Smooth Criminal. Fuck you. I love that song. Oh, it's not going to top oh, Johnny Cash's yeah, Hurt. Hey, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying top Smooth Criminal, but Alien Ant Farm's version? Holy shit. Love it. It's great. Oh, oh th- that, that's it. That's Crazy. Alien Ant Farm. I wish Ralph was still here so I could quit the show. <laughs> oh my God! I don't. I mean, I love that song. Not so them in particular, but that song uh. is great. Um, at any rate, so just getting back to this. I mean, I've loved it from the beginning. The video is even better. Um, it just you got this 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 dance. I guess is known as Spaz Attack. Who is big? His big move was like doing the front flip on his ass. Uh, <laughs> um, everything is wonderful. It's just wonderful. I mean, you got. It, Mark has his fucking dad in the video as like you know the general, who also appears and they did um, oh this like this short movie like about you know this is de-evolution something like that the beginning is the end the truth about de-evolution. Um, they did that before they ever made um, this album, and so but no it's just wonderful fucking song love it love the original better I love the cover better than the original it's one of those few that I do, but it is what it is, and then that. So that gets into the third song, um, Praying Hands. Um, okay, I, I like this one. I don't love it. I like it. Um, I mean, I think the problem is, though, is like the fact is, is that I guess, spoiler alert, this is the only song off the first side that I don't love. And I think in, when you compare it with the others, like, it just seems kind of shittier in comparison, but it's really not. I, I do like it. I would have moved it to side two um, just because I think this album is very front-loaded. I mean, I do like the, um, like, you know, the keyboard, like the kind of like that escalating keyboard sound. This is definitely a sound like the B-52s totally stole this when they would do their stuff shortly after. Um, it's it's a decent song. It's you know it's not it's not bad. There's no bad songs off of this. I should say right now, but this one I just like. But when you go after like you know two songs I totally fucking love, it is a little bit of a letdown for me. And it is my least favorite. I said obviously it's my least favorite off of side one. So how about you, there, Ian? Uh, well, definitely. I mean, in my notes, I had B-52s. Because I, I could definitely hear B-52. Well, you know, I, sh- I guess I sh- should honestly say I hear, you know, Devo in B-52s. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, it, but it's funny that, you know, like lyrically, it's like, whoa, is this COVID rock, man? You know, with the wash your hands and shit. Um, not a Do, do you think your mother song. tells you? Yeah. yeah. Again, not a bad song. Not a great song. Uh, now, this is one of the rare songs where they kept some influence from Brian Eno, who produced this album. You know, <laughs> most people probably know, well, probably most people who listen to the show don't know Brian Eno, but was in Roxy Music and did a lot of ambient rock and shit like that. He produced, um, uh, he produced some U2 albums. So I think he produced Unforgettable yeah. Fire at the very least. Yeah, I think he was, he was a co-producer on uh, Joshua Tree and, and I, th- I think a couple others. Uh, but anyway, uh, so he kind of had an idea for this because uh, David Bowie was going to produce it. When, when it was all said and yeah. done, David Bowie was going to do it. Uh, but, I mean, Iggy Pop was into this band. Robert Fripp from King Crimson. Uh, uh, I already mentioned Neil Young. A um, lot of heavy hitters for a band that like was so an unknown yeah. fucking band out of Akron, Ohio. Yeah, like, a lot of heavy hitters love these guys from the start, which is really oh, cool. Yeah. But yeah, but but Bowie was going to produce it, but he ended up couldn't doing it because he was appearing in a movie, funny enough, called Just a Gigolo. No, no correlation uh, to the David. I'm Lee the song. Yeah, no, it was like a, a, a German comedy that nobody saw. But anyway, there's um, no such thing as a German comedy. Yeah, exactly. Um, not, not after 1941. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, so Brian Eno ended up producing it, and he had all kinds of ideas. He, he kind of wanted to change their sound and add a bunch of shit. And Devo was very, uh, you know, no. <laughs> no, this ain't going to happen. And they never worked with Brian Eno again. Uh, but, you know, there's... Uh, there's there's two songs that oh and th- this isn't even one of them I'm sorry I, I, I made a fuck up uh, no I was thinking because of what you said about the keyboards because to me it kind of sounded it kind of sounded like uh, maybe there's a Brian Eno on this but there's two other songs okay but but this ain't one of them so never mind I'm talking nonsense uh, but yeah this one's okay but it's not uh, not a standout track I'll give you that. So we'll go to the next song, which uh, is a song that they did keep what uh, Brian Eno's input was, and that's Space Junk. And this one, I don't know. This this one is kind of a throwaway to me. I like this one even, even less than Wash Your Hands or, or whatever the, the last one was. You got I, the praying hands. Yeah, yeah. praying hands. Man. Praying hands, praying hands. Um yeah, n- not a horrible song, but this is one like, eh, you know, you could have made it a ten-track album instead of eleven-track. But uh, I, I have a sneaking suspicion you feel differently. So, what do you think of it? Yeah, we have the spoiler alert. Um, now I do. I love this song. This is my second favorite song off this album. Oh um, wow! It's, yeah, it's a very jerky, spastic new wave song. Um, I think it's the only song the album has a guitar solo. Um, one of the very few diva songs that does have a guitar so now I think about it um, I just thoroughly love it it's just it, it's I can see like I can see a little throwaway comic because it does kind of feel maybe it's not totally finished type or something because it's only like about two minutes long it's like the shortest song off the first side and but no I totally love it it just it, this one really I it's and to me it's like it's a hidden gem 
Never was made into a single, but not surprising. Well, but yeah, sec- yeah. Well, one thing I will say, this is still a new album to me, even though yeah. you know I've listened to it about eight or ten times. And nine times out of ten, with something that's new to me, uh, my opinion will only get better. Like, you know, there's some of these songs that maybe don't grab me right now that over yeah. time. And I do, like, it did grab my interest enough to make me want to listen to more Devo. So mm-hmm. in that, is it succeeded. Uh, so there, there's some songs that maybe now I'm like, eh, that I might like, you know, better down the road. Because that's how it is. Nine times out of ten, I'll end up liking something better than something like I really liked a lot and then I don't like it as much. So maybe my opinion will change over time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right now it was a throwaway. Yeah, fair enough. We'll go to the the next next one. one. Yeah, Mongoloid. Now, this is one I knew ahead of time, but I knew because Biohazard covered it. And and I I know that's kind of a joke on our page because a lot of our listeners don't like Biohazard. I I do like Biohazard. I am a Biohazard fan, and I love their cover of this. And I always liked this song, and I was like, wow. You know, Biohazard covering Devo. I mean, I always knew it was a cover, uh, but, you know, it was years till I checked out the original. And this is one that, you know, I knew ahead of time. And I love both versions. I'm probably a little partial to the Biohazard because a lot of times, you know, it's, it's whatever one you hear what you first. you hear first, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think this is bad by any means. It's just that I'll always be a little bit partial to the Biohazard one. But it's just a great fucking song. I mean, it, it's just, it's got a good beat to it. It's got that punky, uh, you know, feel to it musically. I love what it's saying lyrically. It's, I mean, especially, like, I'm trying to put this in context in 1978, you know. Yeah, you can't, you can't get away with this song today. Um. Yeah, yeah, I- exactly. A- unless it's in the South, because they totally go over their head, like mathematics. Um you know, uh, no, I, I dig Mongoloid. I love it. Great fucking track. What do you think? Yeah, um, not only do I love this, not only is this my favorite track of this album, this is probably my favorite Devo song ever. Um, nice. This is a fucking classic. It's, I think it's the most covered Devo song, and I'm not shocked. Um, actually, like I said, you, you can't get away with this today because it's basically about like a retard who can get through society fine everyone else is fucking stupid too and they don't really notice that he's you know that he's got down syndrome so um fun little side story here back in when i was in high school one of my friends could play this on trombone and it was the, <laughs> it was the funniest fucking thing i mean trombone just lends itself to comedy so perfectly and in fact it's like you know he's playing the vocal track in trombone it's like oh my god this is hilarious but yeah, I love Mongoloid. It's a great fucking song. This just, yeah, classic. Not shocked that it might be the most covered song. Um, I'm not shocked that, I think my buyer has, I, I did like their cover. I actually love their cover of After Forever. That's on the um, Nativity. Oh yeah, Black. that's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of Bayer themselves, but that cover is pretty fucking cool. So, and now we get to the last song off the first side, uh, Jocko Homo. When they were on SNL the first time, they, they played this one as well, along with a little video clip before, which was from the um, the short film, like the beginnings, the, the end is the beginning, begins the end, whatever, the truth about de-evolution, where it just features um, 
Mark Mothersbaugh running down, running like by a um, uh, again, I guess kind of a, well, a little walkway by a parking lot with like the boot with the with the bougie boy mask on, and then he goes to see his dad, and you can't get away with that video clip today because his dad's like, "Did you get that paper from the Chinaman?" So you can't yeah. say fucking Chinaman anymore. You can't. <laughs> no, and they showed that on SNL, and they had like they performed this live and. And I, and I was like, wow, this is fucking weird. But God damn, do I love it. This is like their anthem, their manifesto. This is, I mean. You know, yeah. real, real quick question before you get back into it. You know, sure. You know, yeah, I, I'm definitely uh, what most people would consider a liberal, but I'm not politically correct. And yeah, there, there's a Chinese restaurant that I absolutely love that delivers. And they're in my phone under chink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Does that make does that make me a bad person? Because I'm not I'm not racist against uh, Chinese people. Uh, you know, hey, we all need them. You like shoes, don't you? Uh, you know, but uh, you know, j- j- just asking. Is, just is asking. their name is there is the is the restaurant's name something like bad like walk and roll or or no. do your walking? Uh, no, 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 really- no. It's it, it's so Chinese communist. It's called Red Star. But goddamn, is it good? Is it? it I know it's. I, I know it's made by a Mexican, but it's delivered by oh, yeah. a Chinese guy. Um. <laughs> I used, when I was in when I was in high school, I used to work in a Chinese restaurant. I used to do delivery, and I, sometimes I'd tend the bar after I got a little older. Um, but yeah, like half of the cooking staff were Mexican; the other half were like straight from, all from Taiwan. And it was hilarious watching these guys talk to each other because no one spoke English particularly well. And obviously the Mexicans didn't speak fucking Chinese and the Taiwanese folks didn't speak fucking Spanish. So it was always kind of funny watching them do that. But one thing I learned too is if you're having to work in a Chinese restaurant, whatever the cooks tell you means delivery or takeout, don't fucking say it. Because <laughs> it really means I fuck dogs or something like that. Because uh, <laughs> they did that joke all the way to every place I knew about it. Like, and the place I worked at did that. A friend of worked at a different place in Washington, D.C. They did the exact same fucking thing. So, yeah, so, yeah, don't... If they tell you it means delivery takeout, no. You're saying I fuck horses or I fuck dogs or, or something. But, yeah, this is like... But getting back to Giacomo, this is I mean, such an anthem. This is everything about them. This is this is Devo. It's their manifesto. I think it might have been better suited as the last song off this album. Um, also, for you know, you think it's because here it is. This is what you're about. Put it at the end. That would be perfect. Also, it would also maybe kind of like spread out the spread out the gold, because like I said, this I think this album is really front loaded. So, what's your take on Jocko Homo? All right. Well, here's where this is going to be blasphemous uh, to you, the one Devo fan that listens to the show. Uh, this is my least favorite song. I okay. really <laughs> do not like this song, but but you know, studying for this album, like I do, um, this is a centerpiece when you see Devo live. When they do Jocko Homo, th- this song sometimes has lasted, they said like 24 minutes of Jocko Homo. I don't need 24 minutes of this though. Uh, no, 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 n- neither do I. But it, this is always like, you know, people lose their minds when they play Jocko Homo. And I even knew enough about the band before I even did history that, like, this is considered, uh, you know, like the Devo song. 
Yeah. But it gets on my last fucking nerve. I don't know what it is, but again, like I like I, I can't stress. Well, it, is, okay, it is repetitive. It's uh, towards the end. I can see why. There's just yeah. some. There's something about, and I don't mind the herky jerky shit because there's a lot of herky jerky shit on here that I like, and, and there's a herky jerky aspect to a lot of punk and new wave that I don't mind. But there's just something about this song that gets on my last nerve, and every time I listen to this album, like when I knew Jocko Homo was coming up, I was like. Uh, you know, especially after I'm, I'm all like, yeah, mongoloid, you know, and then this song, I'm like, oh, God, this song fucking sucks. I I don't get it. Like, why is this their anthem? And I knew, you know, I knew that I was like, why is this the big one? Because it is my by far my least favorite song on the album. Who Maybe I'll have an epiphany and, and this will fucking change. But as of right now, I don't know. I do not like this song gets on my fucking nerves but <laughs> i i do understand that i'm in the minority because to most people this song is is like how you described how it is you know but for me it's a big fucking pass all right all right but i'll flip this motherfucker over to mm-hmm. side two and we go to too much paranoia did i pronounce that right i think so okay good enough uh, this one I love. I, you know, and this has the frantic shit, but I, I, I love it. I, it's a short song. It's under two minutes, and this song kind of reminds me of like early Police, like especially yeah. like an, like an like an Andy Summers, uh, song. You know, like if, if you're a Police fan, you know, like Andy. Sum- you think Stuart Copeland had the weird songs? Andy Summers, yeah. you know, so- songs like Mother. And uh, Sally Be My Girl and stuff like that. But like guitar-wise, too, kind of has... This song kind of goes in and out of styles. But there is that kind of avant-garde Andy Summer style. Um, But it works for me. It works for me. And I I dig the song. I think it's a good way to start outside, too. I dig it. What do you think? Um, Quick side note. I remember seeing Andy Summers on tour when he was supporting his album XYZ. Um... And I felt kind of bad for the guy because, like, there was some douche in the audience who kept, like, asking for, like, sting-written songs from the police. Like, you know, fucking asshole. <laughs> um, but no, this one, yeah, Too Much Paranoia, I fucking love it. This is, like, a classic post-punk new wave type of song. Um, you mentioned police. I was also thinking, too, like, I could have heard this on, like, early Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. When they were doing more of post-punk. I mean, this, also, too, like, part of the lyrics has, like, Burger King ad copy in it. Like, hold the pickle, hold the lettuce. Special orders don't upset us. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, get a, I love that. Don't upset us. I love I get that. A, I, love, I love hearing ad copy in lyrics. Um, so another song in here has more ad copy later. But it's just, you know, because you just don't expect to hear that in lyrics. But it's just, but no, I, I do love me some Too Much Paranoia. Um, just like, I think, great song. And so we're still got the party going pretty good. And I guess it's the eighth song. Um gut feeling slash uh, slap your mammy and regarding the gut feeling for me this feels like filler um i think this one's just okay i mean it starts off to me a little like um the holly's long cool woman um which is fine that's i, I dig that song but this i, I like the slow build up for gut feeling but it just, just goes nowhere um i don't really it doesn't really do much for me and it kind of just goes on for a bit but then it cuts into slap your mammy and oh fuck i love that part that is um that's like 
the most punk this band will ever, I think, ever gets. It's just a, it's a fast-paced, like, punk song from, like, late 70s. And I think it saves this song for me, because otherwise this would have probably been my least favorite off this album. Because, But yeah, Guffin doesn't do much for me, but Slap Your Mammy, fucking love it. And I think they still, if they do play anymore, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess they still do. I mean, Alan's long gone, but he passed away. I, I know right. Bob Bob too has been dead for a little while as well. Right. Um, no, I, I believe they they still do play sporadic shows with. Uh, yeah. I know Josh Freeze plays drums for him live now. Okay. Uh, cool. Who's guest? You know, he was in uh, Suicidal Tendencies, A Perfect mm-hmm. Circle. I mean, he's he's. If you look up Josh Freeze, he's played with yeah. just about everybody. You know, he's like a Matt Sorum, but with talent. Yeah, or, or Frankie Benali. He used to play in a lot of different things, too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what's your take on gut feeling? Slap your mammy. Ah, uh, well, well, that, that's funny, and, and this is the justification of this uh, show. Yeah, yeah, try to spell that. I know I can't, but I know what it means. Um, uh, this is my favorite song on the album. Okay. I, I absolutely love this song, and uh, this is one... You know, I, I'm getting ready, uh, you know, for the for that. And I'm listening to it at work. Like, sometimes I can sneak away. I can put the Bluetooth in my ear. And I can listen to music. And that's when I'm happy. Uh, so I was replaying this album a lot. And when this came on, it just, you know, especially the beginning of the song, the gut feeling part, stuck out like a sore thumb. And I really liked it musically. And I was like, ooh, is there an instrumental on here? You know, because I keep waiting to hear you know, Mark or, or uh, what's the, the uh, Jerry the Jerry sing, uh, you know, but vocals aren't kicking in, but I'm digging the music and I'm like, this is kind of cool. Like throughout all this weirdness, now you're going to throw in an instrumental, but then it goes into the slap your mammy part. And I'm like, wow, I dig that too. And what, you know, what a great, you know, mix up to me. I, I think it works great. Because it is like two different songs, but it's like chocolate and peanut butter. It goes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my favorite track on the album. I really All right. like it. Cool. And how about the next one there? Come Back Johnny. All right. Come Back Johnny. Uh, that, uh, this one's not bad. Not mm-hmm. bad. Um, not, you know, definitely not in my top tier for this album, but, uh, and I don't know if I would quite call it killer filler. It's it, it it's filler, but you know it's not uh, you know doesn't ruin the album for me, but not a standout. What do you think? Yeah, I'm pretty much the same way. It's okay. It's is a classic new wave sound. This doesn't really do much for me. I think the song's supposed to be about like John F. Kennedy, um, but it makes it sound like he's like some rock singer. But this is one I probably would have put in the first side just to like help like spread the love from like the, the first album the first side gold to like bring it to the second side and, and move some of the more fillery type stuff to the first side um yeah this is I mean it, it's one of my least favorites off of this it's not and I guess I'll get into the next one which is my least favorite off this album um sloppy I saw my baby getting um this song is just meh it's I mean you know I just you know, you, you can again hear stuff like other new wave acts get their inspiration for this, but it just doesn't really do anything for me. It's it's my least favorite. It's not horseshit. There's no horseshit off this album, but it's just like 
Uh, I, I mean, having like, you know, I know having gut feeling, comeback Johnny and sloppy all in a row, it just makes you kind of like want to just, maybe I should just skip this stuff. But, you know, there's Slappy Manny, which is fucking great. But, yeah, I'm not a big fan of, of Sloppy. So, how about you? Um, I, I dig this one. I, I probably like it more than you, but I, I see what you're saying, you know, and I definitely get, like, the front-loaded, even though I think you like side one, you know, definitely more than me. Uh, you know, th- this one's okay. It, it, it's not uh, It's not single material, but... You know, it, there's nothing that makes me want to shut the album off either. It's just, eh, you know, I dig it. But then we go into the last track. And the last track, uh, Shrivel, Shrivel Up, Up. Shrivel Up is my second favorite song on the album. I really dig this one just because it is so, so different from everything else. And I kind of, I, I like how it ends it. And I, I see what you're saying with like you think it should end with Jocko Homo because of you know how you feel about that song and apparently how most uh, Debo fans feel about that song so I can see where you would want that because it is their anthem it is like considered like you know their classic song that wasn't a single uh, actually it was the B-side to Mongoloid uh, <laughs> you know but but in their fan base that's the song you know they're waiting for Jocko Homo I love Shrivel Up uh, it just just totally different different sound yet it's still Devo I mean it's still weird as fuck but I think it's a really cool way to end the album and uh, this this is definitely uh, it, it's it's one of those closers that I've always said on this show that I love because it makes me you know either want to play it again or start the album over yeah. because it, cause it ends on such a high note I really dig Shrivel Up what do you think yeah, I agree with you. I love this one too. Um, I also agree. Like, it's one of those that you know, you either want to play the album again or go find something else. Um, it has a nice atmospheric type sound to it. Also, it also there's ad copy in the lyrics here. This one has White Castle ad copy, um, like you know, get it by the sack or whatever. That's um, that's a White Castle thing. Um, what I love the most about it, I mean, the song is wonderful. What I love the most is that Jerry and Mark are not sure whose vocal track is used for this. To this day, they don't know. Um, Because both Jerry and Mark had done done a vocal for it. And Jerry thinks that that the vocals on this are his, and Mark thinks the vocals on it are his. And I guess the only person who really would know would be Brian Eno, or whoever whoever the engineers were, because they haven't fucking told anybody. (laughs) And... It could be a mix of the two of them. I have no idea. That would kind of make sense if it was maybe kind of a mix, because if you look at like the album cover, that that image is actually a mix of like um, was it Kennedy, um, Johnson, what? President yeah, Kennedy, Johnson, it, Nixon, and, and Nixon, Chi Chi Rodriguez, the golf player. Yeah, I think yeah, maybe his hat. Because they they base it off of that, but he's I think his the faces are just a combination yeah. of like those four presidents. Or maybe yeah, I think it's maybe up to Carter. I'm, I forgot where they, how far up they went, but it was from like Kennedy up to like maybe Nixon or Ford, um, and maybe Carter. So, but yeah, well, I know later Chichi Rodriguez did finally say, "Yeah, you guys can use my face for it." And there, I think there was like stuff like for single, they would have like Chichi's um, image, but they had to use like the the 
combination instead because they didn't get right. Cle- they didn't get clearance in time. Right. So I could see maybe it's a combination of the two. I have no idea. I think it might be Jerry because it doesn't really sound like Mark singing. Or does? Whereas you know, I've heard uh, yeah, like Jerry. It sounds stuff. more like Jerry to me. Yeah. So, but the thing is, no one really knows. But that's just—I think it's a great way to close this album. So. Yeah. Well, I, I think this was a great pick, and I know some people, you know, some people like no way are they going to give it a chance. <laughs> uh, you know, some people will, and some people are going to like it, and some people are going to hate it. But that's cool, man. Hey, fuck it. At least you tried something else. Uh, I really dig enjoying this, and it makes me. It did. Uh, succeed in that it makes me want to check out more Devo. Oh. Yeah. This album was released August 28, 1978, produced by Brian Eno mainly, but David Bowie did come back and, uh, you know, he added some mixing and stuff like that, but mostly Brian Eno. Uh, this album eventually did go gold in, let's see, what year? 2007. Jesus. Yeah, in, in 2007, <laughs> it was certified gold. Uh, God, was it, okay. Which ones were dead by then? I think Alan. Wait, when did Alan die? I think he was the first one to go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Alan might have been dead by then. I think Jerry died after. Well, Jerry's still around. I think Bob is. Or, or, uh, yeah, Bob. I mean, uh, I think Bob passed away after that. But I think yeah. Uh, yeah. Alan was dead before then. But. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think it's a great pick, and I, I just I love that it's obscure, and uh, I was more than happy to do the research and study this, and again made me more of a Devo fan, and makes me want to check it out. So I thank you, sir, for picking this. Well, thank you for having me on. All righty. Well, with that being said, you know what time it is, kids. It's time for pick of the week, and uh, what you got there for us, Mister T. Oh boy, I got a good one. So, I hate going back to it. I'm going back to the well again. But if you were a even a semi-regular listener of Ironcast, and you probably weren't, we would sometimes tease that we would review this, and we never got around to it, unfortunately. And I and we and we're not going to. So I'll give you a quick little review here. My pick is the soundtrack and the movie Can't Stop the Music by the Village People. (laughs) Um, Fun fact, I saw this piece of shit opening night um, in the theater. (laughs) So, yeah, this film is wonderfully awful. It's, uh, (laughs) I mean, it's, come on, it's the Village People. What do you expect? It's fucking Bruce Jenner. I think it might be Steve... Steve one of these Goop days, like first movies. Yeah. Um, one of these days, I'm gonna buy it on Blu-ray, oh, uh, just because it, it, it is so bad it's good. And Valerie Prine's in it, who I had a huge crush on when I was a little kid. And and, she, and she's topless in the YMCA yeah. sequence. And for you metalheads, Blackie Lawless is in it too. He sure is. He does a quick cameo. Um, it's yeah. The soundtrack is, it's just as crappy. I mean, it's, <laughs> um. You know, it's got a couple of good things on it, but most of it, it's, it's, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It has like some just awful fucking songs. Like, I Love You to Death is terrible. 
Sophistication's terrible. It's got YMCA's on it, yet another fucking Village People album. Um, <laughs> give, me a fr- yeah. give Me a Break is good. That's the Richie family. Um, Samantha's a terrible song. Can't Stop the Music is just wonderfully awful. It, Magic Night, I actually love the song Magic Night. Um, Milkshake's hilariously bad. Um, yeah, there's just so much awful, but wonderful awfulness about this. Apparently, this was one of the two films that caused the Razzie Awards to be a thing. Right. So this and like this is Xanadu, which is even fucking worse than this movie. Um, but yeah, go and if you can find it, definitely go check out Can't Stop the Music. It's so wonderfully bad. Um, maybe my enjoyment of just all just wonderfully awful things comes from this because, like I said, I was. I was like 10, 11 years old when this came out and I saw it and I just thought this is terrible but I can't take my eyes away from it it's just so wonderfully awful so what's your pick of the week? Yeah, I, I love it. I love that your pick of the week is something terrible Yeah, but it's, at the same time like, like you said it has that so bad it's and bad I, and look I I had to review it because like, it's like you know we kept we kept teasing it so much on Ironcast it was like I gotta review this at some point I gotta talk about it someday I would have loved to hear Luke Ennis suffer through this that would have been fantastic yeah I don't I think he might. I think he actually likes some of it, to be honest. Oh my God, uh, he never surprises. Do the shake, do the shake, do the milkshake, the milkshake, do the shake. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, uh, for for my pick of the week, I actually have two that I have to mention this week, uh, and one has to do with this episode. Uh, I have to mention. So far, my favorite out of the two Devo albums I've listened to. Uh, and that is Freedom of Choice. Uh, I really, really do love this album. And if there's anything you hear uh, throughout this episode that you like, and maybe some of you are like, eh, I would say check out Freedom of Choice. I think that's a great, great gateway drug to Devo. Yeah, it's got uh, their hit. So yeah, it's got it's got their hit. But to me. I, I, oh, the, I don't, the title I, track's much fucking better. Oh, yeah. The, the title track's incredible, but I, I like a lot of, you know, the other songs I think are great. I think, I don't know, to me, it sounds more cohesive as a record. You know, where where this is like one song goes to the other kind of sporadic. Uh, Freedom of Choice is a little bit more cohesive. Sounds like the same band. Uh, and I think could be a good jump off point. We're like, hey, I get that. Okay, now I'm going to check out the other stuff. Uh, but Devo, Freedom of Choice, definitely, definitely a pick of the week. And an album that I cannot stop listening to. And I know there's a lot of listeners to this show like, oh, God, I hate that band. And it'll, <laughs> it'll be what they didn't like about fucking Diablos and Podcastica. But the new Deftones album, uh, Ohms. Oh, my God. I, I, I fucking love I've, I've literally had to force myself to listen to something else because I just kept playing it over and over and with each repeated listening it's like instead of getting burned out I just like it more and more and more um, that usually happens though I mean like the more you listen to it, the more you find yourself liking it unless it's like something just truly fucking awful right well, well sometimes and, you know you know uh, you know what I don't know like their last album Gore okay, okay. I, I'm already a huge fan 
and Gore came out and I'm listening to it and you know I'd already heard the singles and I'm like well it's not really grabbing me but you know I got to give it a chance mm-hmm. and I, I keep listening to it listening and like I don't know this one's just not grabbing me this this one like like grabbed me and then and then it kept grabbing me harder and harder and uh, just really blown away I mean but it's one of those like I don't think it's an album where, like, if you didn't like them before, all of a sudden now you're going to like them. But I, I, I think it's an album where, like, okay, you liked a few tracks here and there, buy them. You know, give this one to listen to. I think it'll suck you back in. I think it's their strongest album uh, in years. And, I, I mean, I like almost all their albums except for Gore. And I still don't hate it. It's just not like a, it would never be a go-to. It'd be like, let me give it one more try, see if I can get it. Uh, this new one I, I think is just great and I'm afraid like with it coming out now during the pandemic where of course there's you know no tour or nothing like that you know when shit's not getting a lot of exposure right now it might fall through the cracks but uh, I think I think it's a terrific album I think it's really good okay. I'm sure I'm, I'm guessing like a lot of albums would be like that I mean like don't want to talk about Bob Mould earlier that's probably going to just fall through the cracks A because it's fucking Bob Mould <laughs> and B you know the, the guy can't tour he um I actually heard him on a podcast not too long ago and I found out he was actually he was living in Berlin until about a year ago he moved back to the US and he had said well I ended up having to get rid of my apartment in Berlin because now I'm stuck here I can't go back so thinking of me thanks thanks guys <laughs> so um but yeah, I could see a lot of like new uh, new bands, new acts, rather new albums this year, just probably just being forgotten because of this. They, they, these guys can't go out and they can't support it, and oh, yeah. you know yeah. it's not being it's not being played on fucking radio or because it's not you know whatever new pop thing is out there, and MTV ain't gonna fucking play because they, they haven't played music anymore anyway. Right. So. But, I, I mean, you're you're hearing that with uh, you know not only music but with movies. Yeah, you know, you know, there there have been some movies uh, released. Like I, I think a prime example is the latest Chris Nolan film, uh, mm-hmm. Tenant, which yeah. I mean, I mean, granted, it's gotten mixed reviews, but they're saying the most important thing is studios are looking at it. Like here's a movie from a from a big director, and they're looking at the business that it did, and you're seeing movies push back because they're like, nah, we got so many millions invested in this movie. We're not releasing it now because not enough people are going to theaters. Not enough theaters are open. Uh, but I guess if they if they just did shit like um, you know, miss advertising them, say like put it on directly on say Netflix or something to get some try to get some deal that way. Because I mean, back in the right, day, right? But it was, you're, it was you're, back you're in the day. It was it was impossible to like lose money on a film because video rentals would always give you your fucking money back at some point. Right, so, and, and you are you are seeing that to an extent, but you gotta understand the days of the video store are over. Oh, I know. See, you, you know, you know, there, there's no video store, and if you release you have on that, demand, yeah, but you have on demand. Yeah, so. yes, you you do have Netflix, but like in a Netflix situation, you know, that's something with a monthly subscription, and and yeah. your monthly subscription not only pays but I guess for that movie, cover it, yeah. yeah it pays for that movie but it also pays for the license that they have to hold for all those other movies that they have to pay out of that monthly thing and that's why you see movies disappear from Netflix from month to month uh, yeah. for those who don't know because 
because Netflix is allowed to rent that movie for so long, and Netflix has to pay a certain amount of money to hold that title for so long. Okay, and then what you pay monthly goes towards that, and, and then you do the the on-demand shit, which you've seen a lot lately, and like Disney's done that with uh, that Mulan movie or whatever. Uh, you know, and they're charging like thirty bucks to rent the motherfucker. Uh, you know, but but see that something like that could work for a kid's title because right now everybody's trying to find out what to do with their fucking kids. Okay, I'm gonna rent this fucking movie so they'll sit in the goddamn <laughs> living room and I can go outside and smoke a fucking bowl. You yeah. know, and, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go fuck my wife in the ass while they're watching. Yeah, this yeah, stuff. you know, and, and the other the other parents send their kids over so they can fuck. You know, why their kids all sit in the Johnson house and watch fucking Munyan and shit. And, uh, you know, but, you know, the movie studios are kind of looking at shit differently because it's weird, like, because they cut out the middleman of the movie theaters, you know, so they get all these profits. But the thing is, how many people rent that movie? Okay, because if there's too many people doing it like that, where all the kids are going to one house to watch it. They don't get the same as if every household's watching it. But then you got a scenario where a lot of people's parents aren't fucking working right now because of this shit. Yeah. So, can, so can they afford thirty fucking dollars just yeah, to that's... rent, not not to buy, yeah, not to shit. buy, but to rent? You know, maybe a lot of these parents aren't like me, and they have a smart friend like Mister X that can just download that shit. Yeah. You know, so. You're gonna that's see my, that's, a, a lot of weird things in the music industry, in the uh, in the movie industry, even TV shows. You have TV shows that are put on hold, or you know, new seasons aren't starting out till next year because they can't even film. So yeah, and, I mean, and, yeah, it's that's one thing I, t- I, I tend to forget is like I have been extremely lucky during this and this whole this whole mess in that my job hasn't been really restricted my pay has not been cut um i can work from home if i want to i usually choose not to because with the stuff i do like if i'm if i'm for those who don't know i, I work in a, in a international law firm <laughs> over here in, in germany um i usually need two big ass monitors because i'm working on like different contracts at the same time and trying to figure out what we did in this one and can I agree to this one will a client accept this contract change and blah 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 so I've been lucky that my job hasn't been altered in this and I tend to forget about that uh. even though I do have like friends and family who they work in bars and restaurants they've pretty much not been working since like March oh oh yeah well, here and, in New Orleans you know it, it's horrible because I, I've been working steady mm-hmm. but 95% of the people I know in New Orleans yeah. are bartenders or waitresses or waiters or cooks or work in a hotel you know i live in a service industry town you yeah. know th- there there is nothing in new orleans other than bars food and music there are no sandy beaches there are no amusement parks mm-hmm. this is the redneck las vegas you know it's the redneck sodom and gomorrah people yeah. come here to see tits on bourbon street and sure you get do. fucking wasted 24 hours a day. And, and you punch a cop's horse. Yeah, and, and and you can't do that now. And this town's really, really suffering. I and, can imagine. Uh, like a lot of folks and, are losing their fucking minds. Right oh, and, and New Orleans is the worst out of the entire state of Louisiana because the the here, it, 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 it's so fucking hillbilly here. 
We don't have counties. We have parishes. Fucking rednecks. You know, like, no, 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 like, that's not okay. That's because that's because France used to call yeah. us. I mean, yeah. you're, okay, you're the only state in the union that still uses civil law. Yeah, um, yeah. Don't know if you knew that, um, but <laughs> I do. <laughs> so, but yeah, so it's because of the French influence in France. They would use parishes because, right. you know, that's, that's France. But in England, they use counties, so that's that's yeah. why everything else is counties. Yeah, like, like I need another reason to hate the fucking French. But anyway. Uh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. I taunt you a second time. Uh, ah, fat in your general direction. Direction. <laughs> but uh, so the rest of the state is wide open, wide open. You know, for the most part. You know, as far as restrictions. But New Orleans isn't, and it, the, this town is just like fucking dying. And it's so funny, like like you say, like oh, we're trying to do these things to save lives. It doesn't matter because so many people who work in New Orleans live in these other parishes, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like they can do whatever. And if people are spreading this shit, if you're not going to do a total fucking, you know, lockdown or have total rules, it doesn't, you know, it's it's like, you know, we're fucking with a broken rubber. But it's killing this town. I mean, people are out of work like fucking crazy. Crime is going through the roof. Because that's what happens when people yeah, are oh yeah, we, yeah, you know, exactly. when people have no money, bad shit starts fucking happening, and, and and the fucking you know the murder rates going through the fucking roof, the crime rates going through the fucking roof, all this shit because people are hurting, people have no way to make means, let alone figure out how to fucking buy an album right now or rent something on fucking you know Netflix or Vudu, you know, yeah, bad fucking times. But I can't, I, you know, I can't afford a ticket to Germany. So what are you going to do? I don't know if you guys are allowed in yet. Yeah, probably <laughs> not. And, and, and for good reason. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, normally in the normally around December, I do go spend about three some odd weeks in the U.S. visiting family. Um, I'm not going to do it this year. I mean, just because, I mean, even like I said, my, my, my dad is like in his 70s and he has a pre-existing lung condition or lung disease that, that is going to take his life eventually in a few years, unfortunately. And if he gets fucking Corona, he's just dead. It's just, there's right. no, absolutely nothing. And to be honest, even in the good times when you're on a plane, it's like a fucking tube of disease. And you're in a flight, I'm, I'm in it for like nine, 10 hours. And, and let's be honest, folks are gross. I mean, I've been in I've been in like trans transatlantic flights where motherfuckers have like changed their baby's diaper in the fucking cabin and bother to go into the goddamn bathroom. It's like why am I smelling baby shit all of a sudden? Yeah, that's because you're on Air France. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Surprised I usually take Lufthansa. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, um, yeah. I got to stay with the Germans. Yeah, um, but no. So yeah, and so I'm this year. I'm just not going to go. I was like, I'll just yeah. you know what? I'll, I'll save you guys the. To worry about what the fuck do I have? Am I gonna get some shit? Because I'm sitting on the goddamn plane for ten hours. Who the fuck? I don't know who the fuck's next to me or what they have. And so you know what? I'll just stay here this year. So. Yeah, I, I miss the good old days where all you had to worry about was a shoe bomber. You know? Yes, I know. Uh, <laughs> oh god. Well, on that note, kids, it is another thrilling episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I will be back soon. I'm hopefully, hopefully after you hear this episode, 
Within a few weeks, I will be joined by the Golden Throat himself, Mr. Aaron Camaro, as we Ooh. do it. Yeah, we do another fan paid episode from a band you've never fucking heard of. Uh, but I'm looking forward to doing this review. I've heard of Mario Speedwagon. Oh, God, not again. Till next week or next month or whatever the fuck it is. We're in a pandemic, you motherfuckers. Be a little understanding. This is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Do the milkshake, the milkshake.